Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The Detroit Lions Podcast Post Game Show. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 391, the FTP edition of the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. With me is my good friend and maybe even more dashing co-host, Ash, the man, Thompson. That's me. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. And uh, why am I doing well, Chris? I'm not entirely sure. I made a cake. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the reason I'm in a good mood, but that sounds like a reason you should be in a good mood. <laughs> oh yes, no, that's that's actually Sandman's cake he made back when we did the sweet to uh, the sweet for the Dallas game. He still made an FTP cake. It was great, or they made it for him. <laughs> Uh, the, nice. it, it was awesome. It was really sweet. So here we go. Got a lot to talk about. Great game today. What a way to finish the season. This is this is absolutely it, right? Who cares about the first round, first overall pick? This yep. is the way to put the brakes on the Packers heading into the the playoffs. We beat their number ones. We beat their number twos. One hundred percent. We beat the damn Packers. <laughs> it's beautiful. FTP. <laughs> all right, we'll do all that. We got a great show lined up. Ash, are you ready to go, my man? Let's get her done. Let's kick this off and break it down. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can feel it through my bones. Boy, can I ever. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm just going to have to move around a little bit more. I forgot to put something in my coffee here. Here we go. All right. (laughs) Action shots in the podcast this week. Not a thing we usually do here. I forgot one thing on the phones to get those set up. Sorry about that, ladies and gents. I should be should be good here. Um, so one week we couldn't not like we couldn't get ready before the game was over. Just was not an option this week. <laughs> <laughs> here we are. Okay, good. good. All right. So the Lions won a game. The Lions won a game. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh-huh. This was this was. I mean. There's so much. There's so much. Amon Ra, seeing his parents, seeing him play. That was yeah. all. Watching him pops. defeat his brother to become the favorite child. Yes. <laughs> At first, I was like, come on, guys, with the parents. I've, I've seen it, whatever. But by the end, it kind of got me. Got me a little bit, I have to admit, in the in the little heart muscle. In the, it grew three sizes today. Um, it, was, it was nice to see. Nice. Uh, it was really nice to see kids' parents come show up and just be able to have that much fun with their son. Uh, great great stuff uh, the cat just burst in <laughs> flounder thank you sir that was a team that wanted to win yes the coach the team the whole nine yards everybody was there to win today and they did it um we got sean in the chat saying the coaching staff is truth yeah 110 percent, man 110 yep. percent. i i'm ready to go out there and play I, you know whatever yeah. i'm out there let's go let's do this <laughs> have you ever in your entire Lions fandom watched a team get their third win in the last game of the season and like care this much. Every single guy on that field was still completely 100% engaged. And I mean, we have watched enough guys lose teams over the course of our fandom yeah. that uh, this feels like some kind of miracle. You know, like this is what I imagine other fandoms feel like when their team wins a playoff game. You know, yes, yes. <laughs> and this was the kind of year like year zero, like like we've been saying all since January, basically, uh, like this is the kind of year where that's where your victories are going to come from, you know, like. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That's 100 percent, 110 percent. 
Jeffrey and Tina. How you doing, Tina? Stella, uh, let's see. Remember the movie Heaven Can Wait and its plot, considering St. Brown's stretch of lately? Anybody checked if Golden Tate is still alive? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Tina says hi. Hi, Tina. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, this is, this is, <clears throat> Amon Ra, his parents, that was great. This team out there just, just going at it. Jared Goff. The, and we're going to go through, we, I already kind of named it the sands through the hourglass. We're going to revisit mm-hmm. this season and the narratives throughout the season, not just around the Lions, yep. but around other teams. But think back at how much you cursed Jared Goff by game five the season. Not, not you, Ash, I'm saying the collective yeah. you. Everybody. Q. Let's say Q was cursing Jared Goff since he's the guy who called me out for not <laughs> having done so yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Q. Look what yeah. happened. We got some receivers and suddenly Jared Goff doesn't suck. Yeah. We're calling plays where we don't have three receivers running to the same damn spot on the field and Jared Goff doesn't suck. The interior offensive line creates this thing. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard this word uh, as, as football fans, but I, I think it's pronounced poquette. Poquette? <laughs> poquette. Something like it's, it's, a, it's a familiar term we're not familiar with where the guys on the interior of the offensive line actually block people on pass plays. So the quarterback doesn't have to try some ridiculous 360 spin out the back end to try to get away running directly into the defensive ends. The, you know what I mean? It's this crazy confluence of other things coming together to allow a quarterback who at one point was viewed by every person on earth as the best available quarterback in a draft to somehow find a way to draw on all that talent that he had left and maybe not look like a giant piece of garbage. Like I will freely admit he did for about eight weeks of this season. Yeah. <laughs> I want a couple things, couple things I have to say. Number one, I was never out. I have to say straight up. I was, I was, you know, I was, unhappy with Goff's play but I knew I was, yeah, I was close I knew he was, he was a couple more games away from me just being like okay we're done <laughs> Jail. but I was just like like you can't you can't judge the guy when nothing else is happening around Goff is the guy you know? Goff is the guy from Jalen <laughs> hashtag Goff is the guy that's our channel in the slack um yeah no that's uh, you know it's it's such a it's such a a crazy road that it's been for everybody with jared goff but i knew there was no talent out there for uh, for him at receiver and i knew and and the folks in the slack if you if you if ever if ever you join the slack if you're not there you know like it was it, it just what was it rapaport broke the news that aylin yeah. be gone after the season huh I told you that before. The Where point. might we have heard that previously for like three months at this point? Yeah, two weeks before Campbell took over play calling, the fact that the folks in the Slack knew. So there you go. Um, so Aylin's gone, um, you know, and and it's not because he's a bad guy or he's bad no. at his job. It's just not a fit. That's that's it. You know, there's no no dancing on his grave. Now here's the crazy question to think about: Dan Campbell is a play caller in 2022. Do we want that? One thing about Dan Campbell that I think everybody can say, because I'm going to jump to my conclusion before, but I want to set this up a little bit. You talk about guys that learn as rookies, guys that grow as rookies. We saw Amon Ra is a great example of that from from game one to where where he ended up today, how much he's learned and grown and gotten better throughout the year. You have to have to say the same about Dan Campbell, not just yep. not just as play calling, right, but as a coach and and throughout the season, watching him grow into this role until what we did today, it was fabulous. That was that I am so 
I'm, I don't just love Dan Campbell. I am in love with Dan Campbell. <laughs> he is absolutely the man. I don't know that I've ever, I mean, I got a very, very special place for Wayne Fonts in my heart. You know what I mean? I love yeah. Wayne Fonts. He's a great yeah. man. He was a great coach. Formative years for me gave me a lot of really great Lions memories. Um, really, really. That some bitch is the reason I'm here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan Campbell gives me a lot of the same kind of lovey vibes. I just yep. really think this guy is going to do something special for this this team. And, and, and it, it's starting to show. Uh, Frosty Magnum. First overall isn't the value it once is. This was the preferable outcome. I agree. Frosty, I mean, a couple things out of this. Sorry, Rash, I'll, I'll give you the mic back here in a second. I'll run it on it. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm almost certain Jacksonville is going to go with an offensive line been in the, with the first overall pick. I, they, they're dying. Trevor Lawrence needs that. And when they saw what he did today, you know what? That leaves yep. us. We're, we're we're in the conundrum now of of Tibbs or Hutchinson again, right? I mean, that's kind of I think what the discussion is going to be. Um, first overall this year is not. I don't want to say it's not valuable, but absolutely, this is like the weirdest year for the draft, especially yep. after last year it was so great. So many great players that you, the talent level is much lower this year. I'll stop. I do have to wonder, uh, like, if a quarterback went first overall this year, I, I, and I don't know the answer to this question, like, would it be the first time a quarterback that went to the Senior Bowl ever went first overall? Like, I love the Senior Bowl. It is one of my favorite things to watch, sitting down and seeing Senior Bowl practice, because you can learn so much more about those players than you can learn watching 15 broadcast game tapes, yeah. even cut-ups that where it's just focusing right on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you watch that guy one-on-one. -on -one. There are some drawbacks to the way the senior bowl does things. Like it does make certain types of players maybe look a little bit better than they actually are. Yeah. But for the most part, like you, if you just take that into consideration while you're watching, it, it's, it's just such, I'm, I'm so bitterly, bitterly jealous that, that you get to go to that i'm not gonna lie <laughs> this, uh, and, and i'll, I'll Maybe tell you someday this you know year, like some some year when like all of this is paying us enough money that we don't have to have real jobs i'll join you <laughs> let's get ash to the senior bowl uh <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what the senior bowl this year is going to be off the hook I'm, I'm telling you guys you are going to want to watch our coverage make sure i'm not just saying this i mean if you're interested in this offseason i think you should be if you're a lions fan you know, we're there every year. It looks like the Lions are going to be coaching down there this year. Right around that announcement time, we'll be talking to Jim Nagy from the Super Bowl as well. He'll be on our show. Oh, and Jerry Jacobs is joining us Wednesday. If you want to see another great interview and uh, hear about his uh, his recovery so far, we'll be talking to him. But Can I just geek out for a second here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jerry's, Jerry's a dead. I love Jerry, man. I, I want to hear everything that guy ever has to say about anything. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. just he's a wonderful human being. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. It's uh, you do better, better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Well, yeah, that's real. Yeah. But the senior bowl, I got, I got to tell you guys hit the subscribe button and the bell. We're not going to have any announcements. We're not going to have regular scheduled stuff. We've got people we're, we're, we're going to be interviewing like crazy. I spent, it, it had to be like eight hours this weekend, just prepping graphics for, the interviews and everything else that's going on. Um, so you know, we have a couple extra people helping is uh, doing some bird dog and doing some running. We have a big, uh, we're going to have uh, at practice at least three cameras running at all times, covering uh, practices, coaches, nice. the whole things uh, we're going to have. We're on radio row. We'll have all kinds of interviews, the whole thing. You know, every time we do something, we kind of take it to the next level, the next time, the next level, the next level. We're exponentially blasting the coverage this year on Senior Bowl. It's going to be huge. 
uh, coaches, everybody there. It'll be a, uh, a a really, really good time. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and the bell so you can follow us and watch that. Really, uh, really uh, going to enjoy that. You guys are going to love it. Jeffrey and Tina. FTP, you got the you got the <laughs> you got the swag going on. Welcome to the Detroit Lion Podcast. I can't even say the name of the show. Detroit Lions Podcast Winners Circle. All right, new members. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate that. And Tina. Uh so senior bowl is great. Let's talk about this game a little bit and uh what we saw here. I think what we saw is a coaching staff and a team that wanted to leave absolutely nothing left in their pockets. Yep. You know what I mean? Everyone turned them out. Everyone threw every single skill they had. Another fake punt with Fox throwing the prettiest ball of the day, to, to be honest with you. Like, that was just. Mm, Why was were we mint. playing Boyle when we have Kennedy and Fox on this team? <laughs> exactly. Like, but I mean, and Kennedy, man, rolling to the right, throws the strike, like just perfect throw. And and Raymond just just grabs it like it's nothing. You know what I mean? Just plucks it out of the air and saunters into the end zone like he does it every single day. Incredible. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. Let me see. I'm, I'm, and then the other trick plays. Uh, like, uh, I'm just going to pat myself on the back for a spectacular tweet today. Uh, <laughs> when people thought Dan Campbell was taking football back to the 90s, I don't think they were thinking four trick plays a game. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> like, man, it was just amazing. And, I mean, the defense, what? like – Green Bay has enough good offensive personnel that you're going to give up some points, even if it is Jordan Love playing the second half of the game. Like, I, I don't begrudge the way this team played at all on defense, man, because, like, they were missing, like, the, the, the roll call. You know what I mean? Like, basically, an entire starting defense is on IR right now. <laughs> Legitimately, uh, I, I think we're maybe two defensive tackles off of that actually being true at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah. like it just—it's so brutal. Like, and and some guys like like we know Jerry was going to move to safety, and then the injuries forced him to stay back out at corner, and he stepped up. You know what I mean? But then, like, that's another depth safety you don't have coming in there. But then guys like Marlowe come up with like the biggest play of their career, then which is like. It's it's almost sad that that's the biggest play of this guy's career so far, but it is, and he made it, and that's awesome. And you know, like it just man, this was just a good day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm stoked. I probably don't even need this energy drink. It's probably pushing over the top. But let me let me let me hit this really quick. Greg Olson, this is a super chat from Flounder. Greg Olson was really fun today. There was some talk about wanting to tank, and he pointed out that you build a winning culture by winning. Yes. Ash, if I'd have told you at the beginning of the season we'd be two and four in the division and none of those wins would have been over Chicago, would you have like <laughs> <laughs> Like when you said two and four, I'd be like, all right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and, and none of them being over Chicago, then you know, that's you know, you get the the the, the raised eyebrow on that one because that's the team that we should have beat twice <laughs> based on relative roster quality. So, uh, yeah. And like the fact that we were like so close to a three and three in the division, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was not embarrassing the way that this team lost those games, you know, and, and, and that's, that's the whole season. This was not an embarrassing three win season. Like so many other three win seasons have been as a lions fan. Like you look at this and how can you not have just intense hope for the future based on the coaching, based on the players that are on this team, like based on everything that's happening around this team. 
And, and, and like you said, like you, the second half of the year, we always thought was going to be the better half of the year. We yeah. weren't thinking, oh, and eight to start the season. But the second half was always going to be the better half because like they hit a murderer's row out of the gate of teams that are all in the playoffs. Yep. Yep. You know, it's basically until the Chicago game, if I remember correctly, every team they played is, is, is in the playoffs. And then, you know, look at the teams that they beat. Like, yeah, last week was a little disheartening. Like we can all agree on that one. You know, like it was watching, watching the defense get steamrolled like that, but that happens to every, that happens to good teams. Yeah. Two or three times a year. And how many times can you actually look at what the defense did on the field and not think that they did enough to win? Like it was, it was purely for that dead zone in the middle of the year. That was the offense not coming to play. But then you pick up one guy, one guy for Jared Goff to throw to other than Amon Ross St. Brown. And, you know, suddenly Khalif Raymond's only playing one slot higher than he's supposed to. And Josh Reynolds is playing one slot higher than he's supposed to probably because he's a two or a three. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Amon Ross St. Brown, you're asking a rookie to carry the wide receiver one load. And man, he picked it up and he gave it. A better effort than probably, I don't know, 13 out of the 16 wide receivers taken before him could have given any opportunity. Yeah. And, you know and what just, I mean? And I'll admit that I have a world of bias on this subject because I literally, two days before the draft, wrote an article about how that was the guy they needed to take in <laughs> round two because he can do everything you were ever going to ask a wide receiver to do yep. at like, 80% of what the best guy in the league does it. You know what I mean? Like, he's just that guy. Can I just take a moment to stroke myself again? Turn Please your do. Heads, folks. Um, I will stand so 100% by the statement I made ahead of the season that we're not going to get a lot of wins, but this is going to be a hell of a lot of fun this year. And yep. you can't tell me that what, 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 what we were five wins the year before. We're only three wins this year. This season was 10 times more fun than that five yeah. one season one. This was an absolute just fun fest this year. And now the offseason is just it's lighting up. I am so lit for what Brad Holmes is going to do in this offseason with this team. It, this is this is going to be so, so much fun. Um, talking about Dan Campbell. Can you give this me is my analogy a- for the difference between the two seasons? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I look at it as this year was like climbing up the face of the cliff. Last year was like falling down the face <laughs> of the cliff. And that's the difference between the two seasons. Like not, neither of them are things I want to do on a regular basis. But if I got to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the view next year, it just might be. It just might be what we're what we're hoping for. Yep, um, up to the top of that cliff. Yeah, the, the beautiful view. The beautiful view. All right, uh, let's tell you what. Um, really quick, I do have to identify one other thing really quick here for you. It's uh, for the folks who are watching on the YouTube. Um, this is this is just a, a remiss. You got the cake here, the FTP cake. Uh, much love to Sandman for that. Um, in the in the same spot, just a little reminder here for everyone. <laughs> during the draft show <laughs> when the when the when the when they announced Jordan Love <laughs> classic <laughs> podcast <laughs> moment because like who couldn't see this playing out exactly the way it's played out like is it, how can anybody be surprised about anything that's happened since then other than 
you know, somebody lying to the national media about their status and a certain medical thing. But, you know, mm. that one kind of came out of nowhere. But the rest of this <laughs> just like, of course, he's the person who's going to react the way he's reacted. And no, he's not going to be the guy who mentors his replacement into the like, that, that's, that's how could you even think that would be an option? Yeah. <laughs> really quick. Uh, let's get. You know, we don't want to just celebrate alone. We're here for your, you to celebrate with us. This is a huge yeah. victory for the Lions. Great way to end the, se- se- the, the season. Great way to carry that win and that victory forward. This is something that you can truly build on. I mean, we, again, beat the, the first string Packers in the first half. We beat that team. They didn't play them in the second half, and they can say, oh, well, we put them back. We beat Aaron Rodgers and yeah. Devontae Adams in that first half of that game, period. So we've beat them to their first two halves this year so that's one game we win yep and All whether right. the game means anything those guys don't want to lose to the detroit lions no you know what i mean no this. like under no circumstances do they want to look at that score at halftime and, and have it what it was this stings for them this is a hard way to go into uh into the playoffs for them and then a week off all right let me get the, the the number out there if you'd like to celebrate with us you have anything you want to talk about or get ready for the off season um talk about the game whatever else two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four you can give us a ringle or you can just call us on skype at detroit lions podcast it's all one word detroit lions podcast that'll get you through to the show join us for the victory celebration lions win week 17 over the packers um, huge, huge, just a huge victory for this team. Uh, a great high to head into the off season for the players, for the coaches, uh, for everybody. And I mean, we can start, you know, either they're going to clean out the lockers, that sort of stuff tomorrow. Kind of Dan Campbell's handing the reins to Brad Holmes, basically, to really get get running things and get the talent in here. Uh, Campbell, you know he's going to self-scout. He's going to review the season, spend a little time. But, boy, the growth. I, I just can't say enough about the growth that uh, that we've seen out of Dan Campbell this year. It's just, just booming, booming. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I called it. Uh, Aylin leaves and you, yeah. Oh, the other thing I called, I got to say, I, t- I called the over and the high score in the Lions game today as well. Nice. I love T.O. to death and, and T.O. is going to be part a bigger part of the, the show going forward. But um, yeah, I called that. I knew Anyone that. but me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of WWJ is going to have us. Wrong one there. Oh. Uh, Take it. We have a caller coming. Yeah, <laughs> WWJ is going to have us do live hits on the uh, on the radio in Detroit during the Senior Bowl. So if you you know it's nice. another way to, to check us out. We'll be on WWJ during the Senior Bowl, giving you regular updates. Hey caller, what's That's your name? Awesome. How much have you had to drink? Al, I've had enough for a lifetime. But how you doing, Chris? Good, good, good. Hey, that that was that was a good that was a good W. Hey, you know what? I'm calling. I'm calling because I wanted to talk about Hank Fraley. I say, I say, let Anthony Lynn go, but you don't want to lose Hank Fraley because uh, that that O line is the bedrock of that offense moving forward. And that that that's just something I was thinking about. I think Sheila Reed might listen to your program, so I want Sheila to hear that. <laughs> do whatever you got to do to keep Hank Fraley. 
Hey, Sheila, if you're listening, I'd love to get some sideline passes sometime, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll quarantine for that. (laughs) Yeah, no, Hank Hank Fraley is absolutely a a superstar. Um, It's now the off season, so he's going to be Frank Haley. He takes the glass, puts the glasses on, sort of like a Superman uh, Clark Clark Kent thing. But um, he's absolutely bedrock foundational um, piece of this, this, uh, this team and this offense. We were very close to losing him. Uh, hours from losing him to Pittsburgh, yeah. and uh, I'm glad we were able to k- get that together and make that happen. This is oh, it's been a huge part of the whole season, and particularly this game. Like when Taylor Decker went down, I don't know about you, but I had the feeling. We all know what feeling I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like we're Lions fans, but like every, everyone listening to this or watching this knows exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, no, Fravy just slapped the line together, jiggled some pieces around, did the Jenga stuff you have to do, and they got it done. Yeah. Because there were a, a couple drives where suddenly Goff didn't have a Poquette anymore. <laughs> uh, but then that, they, they moved Jackson into the center spot. And I don't know if he's ever played a single snap at center before in his life off the top of my head, to be entirely honest with you, but it fixed the problem. Yeah. Like you just got the best five guys on the field and it's amazing what happens when you do that. I tell you the one thing, and this is not to, to give him a hard time, but Risden's call at the beginning of the year about no depth on the offensive line, how far Wrong. off that was. I mean, the, the players weren't there, but Hank Fraley was a key piece of us yep. having that depth. Hey, caller, what's your name and how much have you had to drink? This is Skip from Atlanta, and I was under the impression that you don't drink when the Lions win, and you do drink when they lose this season. Oh, wow. Yeah, the classic line Next. from my favorite set of broadcasters <laughs> is uh, after the game, uh, win or lose, we all booze. <laughs> win or lose, we all booze. Hey, we Next year is going to be a dry September, my friend, if you're, you're subscribing to that. <laughs> That's that right. That is right. Hey, did we talk about how – in a game that has no implication, there's zero penalties against the Packers and only two against the Lions. I mean, if this mattered, then the Packers would have drawn, uh, you know, a couple pass interference penalties at the correct time, don't you think? <laughs> so I well, there was some holding hands to the face. There was like the, the Lions' defense got mauled during this game. Like that's that's what we just watched. Is is the defense? Coming out, they're trying to do their absolute best and just getting mugged play after play after play by the offensive line, by the wide receivers, by the tight ends. I didn't see Jordan Love mug anybody, what? but it wouldn't surprise me if we saw that on a replay. <laughs> early, early in the game, and and it was a point of emphasis coming back to the play. And blocking people in the back was something that you were not allowed to do. And I, I, I don't remember who it was in the Lions, but right in front of the ref. I mean, it couldn't have been any more blatant. Uh, a blast in the center of the back and the defensive lineman went flying. It was just egregious. There was also hands to the face of the same one. Yep. No call. Uh, Devontae Adams flipped the ball at a defensive back after the play and hit him, which that's a 15-yard penalty automatically. You do that and the ball hits the other player. That is a 15-yard penalty, and it was a point of emphasis this year and nothing. So that being said, I think the bottom line on the penalties pieces, and I'm not complaining about the refs or anything here, but I think what we saw was the refs kind of were mailing it in, too. They were just letting them play and letting them do their thing, I think, which was – on one hand, you know, I was I was pretty livid early with with all that going on. But as they went on and they didn't call it one sided and they just said, look, we're not calling stuff or letting you guys play. 
I was a lot more okay with it. Right. I, yeah. I just so used to it going one way and being one sided and broken that I was really frustrated early. And you saw in the Slack, I was like, I'm angry and I shouldn't be. <laughs> like, yep. I was like, just, just calm down. This game's it's week 18. Yeah, it's it's week- not the first week 18 of all time. Like some people keep saying all over the internet for some reason, as though there was not ever seasons where there were two bye weeks, but uh, it, it, it's week 18 and, and the year is over. And this is the last post game we have to do for a significant period of time. So we just need to just chill and, you know, kumbaya. This is, this is an enjoyment. I don't have to do the post game. Cheers. Some weeks we have to do the post game. (laughs) Hey caller. Yeah. Thanks a lot for calling in, man. And congratulations to you on the lions victory today as well. All right. Thanks guys. We'll see. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's see. We got another one here. Hey caller. What's your name? How much have you had to drink? Chris. Ash. Malcolm, baby, what's going on? Malcolm, how you doing, hey. brother? Hey, Ash, pleasure to talk with you. Chris, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Man. I just wanted to tap in on another Lions victory, oh. three in the year. Oof. And while they were um, probably two wins shy of what I thought they would do this year, this was an infinitely more entertaining, rewarding, and exciting season than I can say I've seen in a long time. Maybe since we went 11 and 5 in Carlos' first year, and I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that because that was a really magical ride. Um, I just wanted to, you know, join the um, join the party of happiness. <laughs> like you guys, I'm happy to be number two in this draft. And I agree with you, Chris. I do think Jacksonville might go off the line, but the thing I wanted to throw in there with my first point is, Chris, there's a there's a, a trade down possibility that is really real and I know we'll get into it in the offseason. Um, but look man, this is a quarterback starving league. The 49ers last year already showed you how irrational teams can get when they think they got their guy. After a couple of games in 2020 and a little bit of state film before that, they jumped and got froggy and went up to get Trey Lance. You know, we know the profiles of the quarterbacks like Pickett and Matt Cornell are just going to raise over the course of this evaluation. Somebody might get froggy and decide to jump. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know I'm a Michigan fan, man. Um, I was excited about Kayvon Thibodeau coming into the season, and I still am excited about both of those guys. But if you want to do something stupid and let me come down to five you know, or something else, and I can maybe take Kyle Fuller instead, sure. Let's go. I just want good players on the team. And I trust when I see Ahmad St. Brown go nuts this season, when I see Halen McNeil, when I see what we've got with some of the undrafted guys and how guys just continue to be developed and compete, I know that we give these guys more shots they're going to keep finding those players. And the future is so, so bright for us. So I know what you guys think of that. And I got one more point after that. So I'll let you guys react real quick. I love the I idea. Spent, go ahead. Go ahead, Ed. I spent the whole evening after the second day of the draft basically talking a group of people in the Slack chat off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, you know, when you look at what the team needed last year and what they took in round two and three – like they needed those guys, but that wasn't the screaming strength of the draft need that everyone was kind of hoping they'd pick up. Like even Sheila asked him, like, are we going to take any receivers? <laughs> <laughs> and Holmes said on camera, their guy from USC is going to be there in round four. And we're good with that. That's all I ever need to hear from him. Yeah. We're good. I'm in. You know, like the, to have that level of knowledge about what other teams are going to do and what the player he's waiting on is capable of, like, like we're good to go. You know what I mean? Like this, this is the most exciting offseason I've had in like 
a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and if you think about it, you look at the draft, uh, Levi Anzarike, you know, the jury's out, right? Otherwise, mm-hmm. it, it, but look, let's just, and I'm just, I'm not saying he is, but let's just throw this out there and say, oh, he, he's an absolute bust, right? He's, he, he's, he's no good. Yeah. If that's all you have in a draft is mm-hmm. one bust out of all of the guys you grab, including a couple hits at UDFA, yep. I'm thinking you're a pretty damn good GM. I think you're a really, oh, yeah. really good GM at that point. I love what I see out of these guys. Now, look, it's a three-win team this year, right? So, we're seeing guys play that maybe we wouldn't that kind of, that maybe wouldn't make other teams, but these guys went out there and they beat the green Bay Packers today. And I think it's a, it's a mixture of coaching. I think it's a mixture of the players. Don's in the chat talking about uh Melifonwu and that deep pass, that swat with his left hand. I was just rock. <laughs> I'm just seeing that, man. It was like, <laughs> Oh yeah. This is a family show. This is a family show. <laughs> well, and that's what that guy brings. Yep. You know what I mean? Like when you get a six, three corner with speed, like that is literally his entire reason for being on a football field is to just be like, Oh, you're going to try to catch that. No. <laughs> Ash, who was that guy you said in the chat in the first half who was just like him at the senior bowl this year? I forgot that. Fast, I forget his name. I have to look it up every single time. He's from a uh, uh, UTSA. Uh Oh, I'm, I'm going to blow this. Uh, Let me see. Okay. He's, okay. he's going to be at the Senior oh. Bowl. He is a giant of a man. Uh, yeah. Last name Willow, maybe? Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I think that's what he said. Yeah. It's another reason why you need to be pay your dollar to get into the chat so you don't miss anything. That's my plug for you, Chris. There um, you go, brother. The last thing I was going to throw is um, – you know, I remember you had mentioned that you wanted to do a fans of like time retrospective look back. Yeah. And I just wanted to plug that idea, man. Cause I think it's a great one and it would be really fun to have some of those conversations over the course of years. Cause you just look at our team. I remember we were having a lot of back and forth in the slack about where we all thought the strengths and weaknesses of the team were going to be. There's a lot of points of view on developing strengths of the offensive line and running game this year. And, you know, where we were going to have some problems. And I just think, you know, when we look back on, like, what we thought was going to be happening versus what actually ended up being true, it can be instructive in terms of just, like, the ability of coaches to sort of, like, develop and grow players, the ability for us to identify talent, et cetera. You had talked a little bit about Riz's sort of concern about the offensive line early on in the year. And that's what I wanted to go to, man. When you told me Frank Ragnall was out, Early in the year, and Kevin Decker was out. We didn't know if he was going to come back. I was like, man, we're about to get cooked. <laughs> but every week, we still gave ourselves a chance. And, the, you know, I think of how well they played down the stretch. And they didn't even have Penny Sewell today. And we've never had, like, all five of those guys, like, plugged in at one time to find guys who we think are our best guys. So I'm just like, and the running game was actually really solid. Over yeah. the course of the year, you know, this is a running game we haven't had. About, we know, haven't had Derek, this kind of running game in, yeah. in ages, in ages. ages. I mean, how how often did you have to look at the stupid money like football stat where they put the dumb thing up and the wheels fall off? The Lions haven't had a hundred yard rusher in twenty seven thousand years, and it's like that's not even a thing anymore, right? It's like yeah. the Lions run the ball, they can run the ball to close the game out, they can run the ball to short yardage. Like you know, your boy Frank is a genius, and the way that those guys fought this year is amazing, and I'm really excited about where that position is going to grow. So I would love to be able to just sort of spend some time in the offseason with y'all listening to what we thought we were going to be in certain groups and how far we were able to push because it was uh, 
it's a really good thing to get excited about as a as a fan base. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. This is. Um Ash, Ash really summed it up. This is one of the most exciting off seasons for this team in, 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 in as long as I can remember. I can't remember being – it's so weird to be this high coming off of three-win season. You know what I mean? It's, I, I, I feel like I'm on crazy pills, but it really is. I mean, they're just – absolutely so exciting at the potential and the possibility for this team right now and where they could go. I cannot wait to see what Brad Holmes does. And and I'll be honest with you. I'm already hungry for next year's football because I can't wait to see what Dan Campbell does with this team. Who's this, who's the offensive coordinator going to be? Cause we're going to hire someone, right? But then who's going to call the plays. I'm just like, Oh, this sucks. <laughs> Gotta be honest, I don't even care if they do bring in somebody from the outside for the OC position. You know what I mean? Like, if they want to mentor the tight ends coach, like if, that, if that's what they decide they want to do, like what we saw today, what else do you need? Like, what do you need somebody to do that we didn't watch today? You've got position coaches that are like the tight ends coach, while he's also stepping in and taking a great deal of the, the play design, also coached up by Brock Wright. A, nobody, a nothing, nobody player that like I didn't even know his name when training camp hit, and and streaking down the sideline for one of the most exciting plays the Lions had this year is <laughs> some guy. Some you know guy. what I mean? And like I don't mean that to be reductive to Brock Wright. You know what I mean? Because anyone who gets to an NFL training camp is a thousand times the athlete I applause. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's you know what I mean? Has thousand. way more dedication, way more athletic ability. <laughs> Yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean it that way as like a shot at that player, but just the, the development end of things has been so phenomenal across the board. And that's why we have three wins and we still care. You know what I mean? Like I've had people at work giving me crap constantly about this the entire season. You know, they're like, like, how can you possibly care <laughs> during a season like this? And I'm like, man, you, you, you don't know. Like, and granted, part of it is the scale. I'm a Lions fan. We're all Lions fans. We've been to much darker places than we are at right now. You know what I mean? Like, if you were here in 2008, you know what I'm talking about. For sure. <laughs> Where there was no hope. No, none. We had to live through that Jets game, Patricia's first Jets game, man. We were, after that interception with a touchdown, it was all dark off from there, man. So, that was, that was some dark football. Yeah. I love y'all yep. boys, man. I'm going to let y'all go so I can get to these kids. But thank you, man, for a great season. Thanks for keeping the energy and information coming, man, and all the work y'all do. And you guys are a big reason why this season is fun and the community that you built. And, you know, it's going to be a big reason why this offseason is going to be awesome because I know y'all are going to cover it better than anybody on the live feed. So I love y'all and I'll talk to y'all soon. Love you too, Malcolm. Thank you, man. Really appreciate that. Uh, the player's name was Tariq Woolen, by the way. Yes. If you're, well, if you're like, that is. When you see this man, you're going to be like that, that like he's got, oh God, Miles Killebrew. You know what I mean? Where like, just like you see the player in the uniform and yada, yada, yada. He's got that same vibe where you're just like, this is a very impressive human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that's, and he's a corner and he's like six three two ten and moves the same way Melifonwu does where it's just like, yeah, that is the right position. And a guy that some big, shouldn't be able to move this way, but he can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see really quick here. Uh, I'm going to, I've got him right here. I've just got to find this where I was. I want to, I've got him. Where? where, 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 where All right. I'm at the, 
I, I have Tariq here. I was going to show him, but I can't find him now. There he is. Mm. All right. I've got him right here. And ta-da. Like, you want this? This is the player you want the Lions to draft with the third round compensatory pick for Kenny Galladay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say it right now. Uh, I haven't I haven't watched every game he played. Obviously, it's UTSA. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of hard to get great yep. footage on on that team. But basically, like every second this guy's on camera, you're like, how is that guy playing this level of football instead of Alabama? Like how did how did they how did one of those teams not get this guy? <laughs> you know? Hey, caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink? Hey, Ozark checking in, man. What's going on? Brandon, Woo. how you doing, my man? Hey, hey, Ash. I'm 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 the boy way down here in Missouri watching these guys trying to play. Uh, <laughs> trying, buddy. They came out yeah. to play today. Yep. Oh man, did they ever? It, it, is it wrong to pop a, bo- a pop corks off of a bottle of champagne that season's over with? And I don't call it a well. I don't know if we call it a success, but. Uh, I would say, I would say, okay. And, and you know, I am the eternal optimist, right? That's just, and it's who I am in real life. It's, you know, it's, it is what it is. I think, you know, somebody said it in the, in the chat, we have successfully completed year one of the rebellos from crappy Chanel. Um, yeah. This is an absolute success for a rebuild year to, to, to go through what we did and literally finish off the way we finished against the Green Bay Packers, the number one, maybe the number one team in football, but certainly the number one team in the NFC. We beat their playoff by week team that played for the first half. They played for real and we beat them for real. I I think when you see that at the end of the season, you can say we were successful in this year and the rebuild looks like it's working and heading in the right direction. So I would say absolutely successful. Now, of course it's not the Super Bowl yeah. and that's what success really is. But from yeah. where we started to where we are, this, this was a successful season for me. Yes. I tell you what, now, I don't know if you saw it in chat. I mentioned it on Twitter, too. You realize that even the three wins, two of those wins came against the number one seed in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Yeah. <laughs> and and one of them was a, was a rubbing. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely was. And, and it, that's a little bit of the, the schizophrenia, though, right? Because we couldn't beat Chicago. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't win some of the easier games that we were supposed to. But... I, I think a lot changed with that Minnesota game. I think for everybody, for the fans, the Lions fans. I know my, my wife was watching. I was I happened to be up in Detroit with Sam and watching the the game. And my wife, I mean, she said she just tears of joy at the end of the game. Right? I felt it. I yep. felt it. If I, I probably could have let myself go <laughs> and got to it. That was such yeah. an emotional release. That win over Minnesota. That first win for Campbell oh, for, God, for everybody. Especially how it came about, man. Last play of the game, a touchdown needed, and boom, there it was. Yeah. It's with an act what uh, John Madden used to do. But you know what the turning point of the season to me was? The absolute drag had to be the Eagles game, and it was the next game. Wasn't it Pittsburgh? They went and played? Yep, yep. And and what did they do? They, They fought them hard, and Pittsburgh was a really good team. And they at least played him to a tie after all that. Uh, and then, uh, wh- let me see, what's the, what was his record now? Three, two, and one. 
after Pittsburgh. Is that what it was? Yeah, but see. uh just shows. Yeah. Uh, and now this reminds me of a couple things. And I always like to bring this up now. Let I'll me, get out of here. Really, I know you guys really, got, no, no, but really quick to your, to your first point, Brandon. And, and, and absolutely. I want you to, to say that, but I just say that Steelers game that marks the point when Dan Campbell started making the play calls and, and put yep. Anthony Lynn to the side. Yep. And that was absolutely the turning point. I mean, those first games, what was it? Seven, eight games, eight games that uh, Anthony Lynn was calling the plays. They just didn't work. It just didn't work. And no. it, and, and this team, there's two, you know, Brandon, I know I can say this to you and, and, and Ash because you guys are, are have been around for a while. You remember the Bengals in the 80s. They were the gadget team, right? Yep. It seemed like everything yeah. was a trick play. They're the team I'm talking about when I say Dan Campbell took it back to the 90s today. But, well, see, but this is the thing I'm, I'm wrestling with in my head. I They felt really gadgety. It doesn't feel like that's the case with Campbell. Campbell just says, I've got a whole playbook to work with. He doesn't cut off part of it and say, well, those are my trick plays that I only do. They're just part of yep. the playbook. Right. And I, and, and yeah. I, that's what yep. I think is different. If that makes sense. Um, we have those plays in the playbook. Everybody has those kinds of things, but they rarely call them. The Bengals almost exclusively used them, you know, back in the late eighties. Statue of Liberty. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It feels like now it's just, we've got a whole playbook. Why are we leaving, you know, part of it in the dust? And I think I, again, I think it's a competitive advantage for the team. I, I tell you well, what, uh, no one else is doing it. And you're the one who's doing it and it works. Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just going to say the Fox crew at halftime, I mean, they really had nothing bad to say about the Lions except, you know, like, wow, we got two wins. How's that happening? And and Jimmy Johnson has been saying it all year. He said, all they need is better players. Yeah. I said they've got the momentum. they got the coaching staff. they got the will and the desire to play. They fight hard. But, they just need better talent. And he ought to know more than anybody. Since I think he went through a one-win season in his first shot. Yep. yep. But uh, at, mm-hmm. after everything said and done, man, even though this is a three-win team, I would stack this team against any other three-win team the Lions have ever had, and there's been plenty of them. I don't care if it was with Moose, it was with uh, uh, you know, any of Millen's teams, uh, a- anybody else, even Schwartz, I think, where he had a four-win team or something like that. It was crazy, but uh, this is uh, they—they they got a whole lot of heart. And somebody said they likened Dan Campbell to, to Coach Cowher when he first started with the Steelers. Huh? Mm-hmm. I can see that. I, uh, I see like Sean Payton. Uh, there, there was a you can you, yeah, there you was, can see. I'll, I'll say this. And I'll go ahead and get out of here, guys. Sure, there was a Packer fan that got on there and saying, "Yeah, I think uh, Jared Love's going to throw about sixty-one thousand eight hundred ninety yards," and and. Uh, they said, yeah, he'll probably, he'll probably get that in half. I kept that tweet. <laughs> and at the end of the game, all I said was, say again, with a whole <laughs> bunch of laughing emojis. <laughs> and that was the end of that. <laughs> so, And then I even had a Cowboys fan work for Sirius XM razz me about, yep, same old Lions after the Packers scored. And I tweeted back at him, and I know him real well. Yeah, yeah. I said, maybe not this time. And I think that's what the real hope is for us Lions fans. And guys, let's enjoy this off season. I can't wait for it to happen because this is about the highest we'll ever be after a season like this. <laughs> guys, take care. All right, Brandon. Thank you for calling, yes. brother. All right. Awesome. Whew. That and, and yeah. so. He, that's the, he, I got to put this gif out there <laughs> for all our Packers fans and they pack. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, I'll hit the phone, phone number again if you want to join us for the party. 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384. Hey, look, it's either, what, what did that go? Win or lose? It's time to booze. Win or lose. Literally, we all booze. We all booze. And just because we have to hide the pain doesn't mean sometimes we don't want to celebrate. Head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Diamond CBD is some of the best, cleanest products out there. Uh, again, many reports from folks who, who just got it locally or whatever and didn't get the, the same quality as we have uh we work specifically with them we only work with people that we believe in and are um we 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 use their products as well we wouldn't talk about it if we didn't cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com if you're ever stressed out about being stressed out or you ever want to have a good time active cbd for the folks in michigan where they got rid of the delta eight everybody else with delta eight you can get it as well or if you just you don't want the buzz, you don't want the party, you just want the pain, anxiety, or insomnia to get fixed. You can use the regular CBD oil or the CBD cream for after workout is great stuff. CBD.DetroitLinesPodcast.com. All right, there we go. The play- Amazon.DetroitLinesPodcast.com. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. Um, the the playbook uh, man and th- and uh who was yes. it? Logan thank you Logan in the chat three one and one record with Campbell calling plays and having Jared Goff at the quarterback that's crazy. I mean, yep. there's your man. Like after the first half of the season, that did not seem like a likely outcome for the second half of the season. No. But realistically speaking, I mean, there were two games that basically if a kicker just shanks it, not even shanks it, just doesn't make a career long field goal, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like doesn't do something that they've never been able to do before. Since. Then, then there were two wins in the first half of the season. If Santoso doesn't decide to ruin any future possibility of having an NFL career by kicking the ball so badly shows you what you uh, think about people that, with mustaches. <laughs> this could be a six win year is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like literally three plays go differently. This is a six win season. And I mean, Vegas had the lions at five going into the year. And I mean like the Santoso thing, like that, that wasn't a short field goal. There's a chance he was going to miss that anyway, even if, but you know, you know what I mean? Like the other two, Everybody that wasn't on the field goal block team did everything they needed to do to win that game. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and, and yeah, you think of it. Like you look at graphics. Like if you flipped every one score game on the year, the lions are like an eight win team this season. And, and it's, it's <laughs> you know, you see stuff like that floating around as much as, as you hey, I'd love to have those wins. The, one of the things, and, and look, uh, again, everyone knows, I love Matthew Stafford. I, I absolutely do. I, I love the guy to death. But one of the problems with Matthew Stafford was he kept us in quarter, quarterback purgatory. He put us in this position where we were always picking 10th, 12th, you know, yep. 8th, always missing out. Because he wins six games. Yeah, he wins six games. This year, we didn't have that problem. We look, there's, there's, there's actual, there's actual real talent on this team. I mean, if we yep. didn't have the injuries, we probably would have been in that purgatory position again this year now we're grabbing number two overall we've got Goff, who's shown he's a capable quarterback he's shown that look all we got him was josh reynolds and some play calls which isn't great no can you imagine if we get him you know like a number two number three round like wide receiver a real wide receiver one and all of a sudden the guy who's who's a two is legitimately playing two amon ra who he I, I, i hate you know one, he's your ex, right? He's your ex receiver all the time, right? He's, yeah, that, that's um, what we're talking about. Yeah, Amon Ra is a slot guy. A slot guy can be a number one. 
right? Yeah. But but I, I, you yeah. just don't refer to him that way. But to have that yeah, kind exactly. of talent. Yeah, exactly. did it in Indianapolis for years. Yeah, to have that kind of talent at the slot and a real number one and Josh Reynolds as your, and then Quintus Cephas, don't forget about him coming back as well. Yeah. He showed all kinds of capability. You've, you've got some real weapons out there. Hey, caller, what's your exactly. name? And how much have you had to drink? Oh, well, Stafford hasn't had me drink anything yet, so he's, <laughs> he's eight for nine, so I'm, I'm a little calm. It's a lot from Jersey. You're sitting here with me and my dog, Golfy, celebrating the Lions win and hopefully a Ram win. All right, all right. I can go with it. You know, I'm less concerned about the Rams than I was earlier. The The pick is going to be somewhere in a, a four or five yeah. pick range, right? So it's like, eh, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it and, 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 and take the ride, right? If it's 25 yeah. or 32, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's all about picking the right player, no matter where, where you pick it. Because Aaron Donald went 13, and I think Odell went 12th out of that draft. So it's just about picking the right player. Yep. But yep. the Lions, you're, you're right. If they get a good number one wide receiver. Now, the interesting part on the free agent is that all the top wide receivers are hurt. Juju, Goodwin, and Gallup, who I like, are all coming off injury. So you might be able to get them on a cheaper deal, being that they're coming off injury. But if you got somebody like Michael Gallup, that will open up the middle of the field for Hawks and we see what St. Brown can do. Um, the Lions got something. Um, I, I first I said seven, eight wins, but now I'm thinking with a good free agent hall, the Lions can compete for a, uh, a, uh, a playoff spot next year. Yeah, uh, I, I, th- I think so. I, especially with the new playoff format, I think the Lions are, are definitely in in the the contention for a, a, um, a wild card run. I think about it like we mentioned Jimmy Johnson earlier with his one year his first season. I I see very much the same trajectory for this Lions team. I see a good like you know seven and ten, eight and eight and nine kind of. Uh, season next year gets you in the playoffs and then next thing you know you know you turn around and you get you, you have your run and and you're absolutely right when you talk about you know making the the best you know the getting the best player at your pick I, I i love to go back and talk about the patriots because they've had a top 10 pick once since 2000 twice since 2000 and they do pretty good. They've done pretty good since then. And and without having a top 10 pick because they're pick, picking the right people and they're, and they're making sure they have the right yeah. people on, on free agents, the, the right people signing, you know, um, off, off the wire, wherever else. But it isn't always about picking at the top and getting the guys they've done. Well, get the right guy. And I have, I have faith that this front office can do that much more than the previous regimes. It's almost never no, no about picking at the top. Like the good teams never pick at the top. When is the last time Kansas City picked in the top 10? I don't know. At least six, seven years ago, just off the top of my head. You know what I mean? Like it just does not happen. The Packers have the Packers picked in the top 10 since they picked AJ Hawk. You know, <laughs> like it just, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Like draft placement is the biggest illusion going like let Every not every team has every player on their draft board, even like teams go into these with maybe 100 players that they are actually interested in bringing into their organization. You know, like if the Lions had been able, if the Lions had had the 25th pick last year, they would have taken Levi Onzarike. They took him at 40. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the slot a pick is in does not matter because there are they're choosing between maybe one or two guys and they like both of those guys at each spot. They're like, it's really not that big a deal. Yeah. No, not at all. And and I and I was thinking about all the quarterback trade that was made this offseason in the free agency. 
this Rams Lion trade might will be the best trade or free agent out of all of them. The Lions, yep. I think, will be happy with golf and two first-round picks. The Rams are clearly happy with Stafford. And you look at what Carolina gave up for, for Sam Denard. You look at um, – uh, there's another quarterback trade I can't think of right now. Oh, Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Yeah. I'm yeah. old enough to remember when people told me Carson Wentz is better than golf. He's not. <laughs> so uh, That was two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the trade might – this might be a trade where both teams in two, three years are going to be extremely happy with it. And, and the one way to tell, right, if the Rams win the Super Bowl and then if golf earns another contract from Detroit, then we know that that both teams were happy with the trade. I, I think where we're at here, the Rams absolutely have, and people were talking about winning the trade, you know, and I, I'm not sure I really like the concept of like, did they win the trade or whatever? But, and I know that that's, you know, it's part of the, the analysis, but the beginning of the season, so many people were saying that the lions were fleeced and it was such a terrible trade. And I'm like, no, you know, maybe today, maybe game four of the 2021 season, it looks like it's a really, really bad trade. But we've got two first-round picks for two years. And two more years, three more years, you're going to look at it. And especially, especially if the Rams don't win a Super Bowl, we'll, 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 have, we'll have everyone will look back and say, we fleeced the Rams. We absolutely fleeced the Rams. And, you know, we're doing a rebuild. You got Goff this year. You got him next year. We'll see how he plays next year, what happens. He looked really good. I think Dan Campbell is exactly the kind of coach to bring Goff back from where McVay left him, the crumpled pile of snot, crap, and yeah. piss on the side of the road, right? I mean, yeah. he brought him back into something. And it's for Jared Goff, this game seems to be all about confidence, all about what's in his head, and having the right kind of support and accountability. That's what I like about, about uh, Campbell is he's not just babying Goff. Right. He's holding him accountable. He's he did it yeah. in the pressers. Right. It's that kind of I don't even call it tough love, but it's 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 like real love. You know what I mean? I'm going yeah. to hold you accountable and I'm going to take care of you and we're going to we're going to succeed together. And I think that's exactly what Jared Goff needed. And it's going to get the absolutely best out of him as our quarterback. And we got him. And if he's playing well and, and you got two first round picks for two years, pff, buddy, your team is on fire. Yeah. And I think. And I think Dan Campbell understood, like when when the media or a lot of fans were were banging on golf. I think Campbell understood, yeah, why receivers aren't running the right route, why receivers aren't getting open, or the play call was bad. So I think he understood that it wasn't all on golf's fault. Even though you know the quarterback gets paid the most, so he's going to get the most blame. He has too much credit and too much blame either way. But I think Dan Campbell understood that. That, yeah, golf has got to be better, but he also understood that there was other factors that went into it. You know, you know who who did? Uh, 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 it was underrated. Not enough people saw it, and not enough people talked about it. Uh, Herman Moore. By the way, LionsNationUnite.com. Check it out. There's a great app, great place for fans to go talk, celebrate Lions and fandom and all that kind of stuff. It is, it's, it's a really, really great place. Really great creators there. Beside that, though, Herman Moore put out a video earlier this year about Jared Goff, and it was when the, the, the pitchforks and torches were out. And he talked about it saying he doesn't he's not a bad quarterback. It's not time for Goff to go. He's a guy that doesn't have confidence in his receivers. You can see it. And he laid it yeah. out. He made the case very clearly as to why it wasn't Goff. It was a receiver issue that was messing with Goff. And sure as anything, as we as we see the things play out now, I happen to know a little bit um, about what was going on in the play 
books, the play calling, Anthony Lynn was not listening to anybody else's input. Uh, even when he would ask, he would never accept anybody else's suggestions. He would do whatever they didn't say. And um, like maybe three out of our five receivers shouldn't be running four yards short of the first down every single play when it's third down. He had plays that were designed for Hawkinson or Swift only. Where no yeah. to go nowhere else, and people were like, oh, "Golf is looking down. He's not checking. He's 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 not looking deep. He's not even. He's staring down his receivers." He heard that over and over and over. Yeah. That was the play design. And I'm telling you, I know this from inside. This was the plays they were running. This is part of the big reason of the change. Once uh, Dan Campbell took over, and and Ben Johnson took over the playbook and the play calling. They they got out of that. Focus on Swift. Focus on Swift. And and again, lover is death. But when he when he kind of wonders if Swift was the reason that we weren't as good as an offense, and all of a sudden we did well when he was out, it just happened to coincide with the change in the play calling, not staring down and making Swift the only target on those plays. So there's a, and, and Swift played today, and you see what happened, right? So um, it's it's not about Swift. I think it was also good for Goff, though. Like I think that did force him out of that mindset because Jared Goff is playing differently than he played when things were not going well. But that's also like there, there, so many times you would see things like four out of the five guys running patterns doing a go route. Yep. You know what I mean? And then DeAndre Swift just standing off by the sideline, just kind of not doing anything for three full seconds before he runs underneath that. And hopefully they've cleared everyone out of there so that he can get the catch. And you see Goff just standing there desperately trying not to look and see if Swift has, you know, moved yet. He's like, <laughs> and then finally he goes and it's a sack. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what? You know? And sitting here talking about golf, one of the things I want to see, I would love this. This this would be a kind of poetic justice because I think about the people. When Jared Goff walked out in that presser and said the gut punches will stop after the Baltimore yeah. game, yeah. right? And all the way down to Tory Petri, the snarky comments yeah. came back. Oh, you sweet summer child, all that. I want every single one of those smart mouths to own it. If the gut punches stop next year, if this team comes around and and Jared Goff steps up as the quarterback and this team turns around, I want them to suck those tweets right back up publicly and admit that they were wrong because Jared Goff is different. The, the, The Lions are different. It's a different team, different coach, different staff. He says the gut punches stop. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but he's there and he's gonna play his rear end off to try to make them stop. It was, there's something about something about golf grew on me today when he was smiling on the sideline. I don't that genuine happy. I'm having fun playing football smile that that's a change in Jared golf this year. The gut punch stopped for him today, right? It it, it definitely on one leg. Yeah. Yeah. He was out there at the very end on that run plate doing just enough to get in the way of a defender to spring Andre Swift for a freaking running touchdown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want out of my quarterback. You know, like that, that is literally the human being. We'll, we'll get to the physical stuff later. He's an imperfect, you know, specimen, yada, yada, yada. But like, as far as the mindset of the guy in that position, that is what the lions need. You know what I mean? Like when things go badly, he doesn't get lost. He doesn't fold. He doesn't suddenly feel as though he needs to put the entire world on his shoulders. Like we have seen somebody try to like, 
and I'm I'm not bad mouthing Stafford. I don't even want to imply. I don't even want to imply that I'm bad mouthing Matthew Stafford <laughs> because I love that man and he's responsible for almost every positive feeling I have toward the Lions for the last decade. But it's possible he's responsible for like when something went bad, whether he had to or not, he always seemed to feel like he had to pick the entire thing up and put it on his rocket laser arm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Whether he did or not, because even in when they, when they had that great defense in 2014, you know what I mean? There would be times where rather than just taking the check down, or rather than, you know, he would just have to force it into that tight window where it didn't need to go. And then it goes off a receiver's hand up into the air. And there's the pick. There's the pick that kills us. You know what I mean? Like it just, he was a very high event player. And while it isn't perfect, we we can pretty conclusively say that Jared Goff is not a high event player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he is going to give you, I'm not milk toast. You know what I mean? But like, he's Jesus. You're going to get the baseline. He, you're going to get, you're gonna get, a, good, you're gonna get a good NFL get quarterback. You got a good NFL like if quarterback. Somebody, it's, yeah, it's, if somebody picks him off, they made a great play. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, and there have been a, like probably three interceptions on this entire season where you look at what Goff did and you're like, what was that? But look at a full season, any season Peyton Manning had and tell me you can't find three picks where he made a dumb choice and made a stupid throw. And this, that just happens. This like is the, a shift. The perfection that some people expect from an NFL quarterback is ridiculous. But this is like a shift. Season, this is a shift. Look at his stats this Ash, year. Ash, this is a shift that the Lions fans are going to have to make this with yep. this team because the team is making it. We're so used to, since 2009, being hero ball. quarterback, hero ball, that's the team. That's it. And oh, we'll have Calvin out there and we'll throw him, you know, a, a jump ball. Sandlot football. Right, yep. right. It's 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 not. It's a it's a team game. Football is a team game. And now what you have is, hey, you have a really good quarterback. You have a good NFL quarterback in Jared Goff. Guess what? Now we're gonna get ourselves some good wide receivers. We've got some good running backs. We've got a good offensive, great offensive line. Yes. We're, we're now going to play like it's a team game instead of we just want the quarterback to carry us and make everything work. Those laser, I mean, look, again, I'm not bad mouthing him, right? But no. how many pick sixes does Stafford have this year? More than anybody else. Four. <laughs> <laughs> and and is, has he actually broken the all-time record He's yet? Close. Or is he second on that list like, in the history of the National Football League? He is, I, I can't remember if he was just creeping up on Favre or if he actually passed him this year. But that's that's no, going in. That's exactly what everybody said Matthew Stafford was going to be, is he's the reincarnation of Brett Favre. Yep. And that has been 100% true, except maybe he doesn't throw as many interceptions necessarily. But when he does, they're murderers. They're the kind of things where, like, it just takes you from up here and just drops you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Goff doesn't do that. All right. Go ahead, caller. Sorry. Nope. We, we we talked a lot. I mean, you, heard it, you called in a talk, and then we, you just got us going. Yeah. No, no. It's fine. I, I enjoy your podcast very, very much. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to your coverage on, on, on the Senior Bowl. Um, the one thing I'll say with Goff and Campbell, there's two instances where I thought, I think they have a connection. Like, after they got their first win, that Goff didn't run to his teammates. He ran to the coach. Spoke yep. a lot to me about their relationship. Yeah. And then when Goff got injured um, and he came off the field, they did this look. They gave each other a look and they gave each other a fist bump. And and. and and it just spoke to me like, all right, they have a good relationship. They, he believes in golf. So 
moving forward, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, this is. You guys have a have a good have a good night. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks a lot for calling. Appreciate yeah. it. All right, there you yeah. go. And like that's the thing is like there's so many guys playing right now. Like this this is a three win team. You know, there are so many guys playing right now above where they probably should be. You know what I mean? Yep. But yep. a good off season just kind of re-slots a lot of guys into their better position. You know what I mean? Like, I love Jerry. Everybody loves Jerry. If Jerry's your third outside corner, you have a better team than we have right now. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You know, like yeah. that, that just, that's just fact. Yep. Whereas this year he was the second best corner on the team. Like you can't take that accomplishment away from him. When he got hurt, that caused a bit of a tailspin in the secondary because then guys were playing three slots out of their spots. And he, and he <laughs> you know? called it in the, in the interview in the preseason, when he was talking about yeah. the corners, he was like, you guys aren't going to believe Amani. He's, he stepped up. I didn't even try it. That time. Uh, um, uh, and, and Okuda, he stepped down. Okuda, of course, got hurt. <laughs> Okuda got hurt early. Yeah. That, that, that stunk. We didn't get to see him, but Oruarie, he stepped up, man. He stepped up, and and, yeah. and Jerry was right. Jerry was right. That room of cornerbacks is a good group, and I can't wait yeah. to see what they what we have next year. Cam Akers, I don't know if I haven't been able to see what if he's done anything or what he looks like, but they're saying he's looking great. And he, when did he get hurt in July? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Which is crazy. That's that's insane. Like four years ago, that's the death of an, an NFL running back's career to yeah, get that injury, done. and now it's not even a season. So, like, when we're looking at Romeo Okwara coming back and pushing Julian back into the role he should actually have (laughs) or making it possible to maybe move out from under Trey Flowers' albatross contract, you know what I mean? Like, like, you can feel reasonably safe making that move in addition to, like, yeah, maybe Jeff Okuda does come back and he does become the number one corner because, like, we were all very excited about what he was going to do this year. And that's the probably the saddest thing about this year, honestly, is not having been able to conclusively know how that's going to work out in terms of his development as a player. Because, like, I, I, I'll freely admit, I was I was never that huge of an Okuda guy mm-hmm. in that draft year. I was like, yeah, he's the best corner in this draft. You know what I mean? But I was always kind of like, but in any of the last four, probably not. You know, right. well, maybe maybe not even the second or third in some of those drafts, but like in that draft, he was the guy who was worth that spot. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And and he's good. Like when is the guy who gets drafted in the top ten the best player at his position in any draft? Almost never. Right. Right. You know, like it's so like saying that a guy maybe got drafted in a spot that was higher than he normally would isn't saying he's a bad player or a bad prospect. It's like. Right. And like, let's not let's not go there. And, you know? and it was telling when Okuda said in the offseason or in the preseason yep. that he learned more from this coaching staff things that he should have known in his rookie year and heard in his yeah. rookie year from the Maddie Patricia regime that he didn't. I mean, the growth again, Amani Arawarie did it twice now. Um, he's out there. He's here for okay. two years, right? Two years. Yep. Never see a whole lot of growth out of him. And, and, and I could tell no. he was a special kid. He was a special player. Yeah. You, can, you knew he had it. I knew he was. And I, I predicted this guy is going to be a good corner. All yep. of a sudden, you get some real coaches in here and a real coaching staff. And what happens? All of a sudden, he plays like like 
wow. Yeah. Next year, I'm so excited to see him hit the field. I'm so excited. Yeah, Oral Aurier was number three on my list of corners for that draft. So <laughs> I was a, when he slipped to five, I was like, okay, I need to completely relook at my entire process of how I'm evaluating cornerback prospects right now. Because <laughs> 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 if, I'm, if I'm that far off, if I'm like, this this might end up being the best guy in that, yeah, but here we are. You know what I mean? Yep. He didn't even finish the season and he's in the top five in interceptions. And unlike the guy who's at the top, of that list. He's not giving up a passer rating of a hundred plus. He's not giving up a thousand yards receiving like Diggs is in Dallas. You know what I mean? He on the plays where he's not making the giant impact play, he's making the small impact plays. And those ones are more important. Like when it comes down to it, those six picks are nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? But a PFF grade in the eighties is more important than six yeah. interceptions. Yep. Let me, let <laughs> let's, me really let's quick call that what it is. hit some stuff out of the chat. Technical Jeff, are the lions going to coach one of the teams at the senior bowl? All signs yes. point to yes. Um, they are the first team on the list. The only way they don't is if they turn it down, they are absolutely the, the first team that's going to get asked. I, my, my assumption is they will pardon. Yeah. Why, yeah. why would you not? Yeah. No, There's, I mean, no, even Dan Campbell said a couple of weeks ago, I believe in a presser mm-hmm. that he's looking forward to having the opportunity to do that if it comes up because he can't contractually say, yes, we're going to do it because yep. <laughs> yep. it hasn't been offered yet. Right. But by every custom in this entire thing that will be requested and he has already basically without saying yes, said yes. So, so that's happening. So absolutely. And then technical Jeff, I mean, if you're interested, I'm telling you, we go every year and do the coverage this year is going to be off the hook. Our cover, I'm telling you, we've already started uh, putting stuff together and, and, and building out uh, the coverage and the pieces for the coverage. We'll be on radio road doing live interviews, live hits all the time. I'll be on WWJ doing hits uh, during the day as well from the, from the senior bowl, but uh, we will be covering it. And uh, I, I say this just, if you're interested and in if you're excited about the off season, like I am, I'm telling you guys subscribe and hit that bell to get notified. We, we got no notice. It's literally, we're going to be pulling players and coaches off on the fly throughout the day. And we're just going to, turn it on and go live. So you're going to want to see that Lions staff coaches will all be there. We'll be working with them. We'll be talking to them. We'll be talking to players. It's there's going to be a lot going on. Um, if you want to stay tuned and see what's going on, I'm telling you right now, get that sub sub subscribe button hit and the bell. So, you know, when we go live, uh, Don, the rookie Don H who's awesome. He's always here. Thanks for following us Don, and, and being part of the, the, the broadcast all the time. Yep. Uh, the rookies on this team did not appear to hit the rookie wall. The last portion of the season, it was a lengthened season too. That's a great point. Um, yep. Everybody on this team played to the the closing buzzer. The last, I don't think they have a buzzer, but whatever. The, the closing yeah. lions growl in uh, <laughs> the last game. Really, really good to see the heart in this team and what the uh, the coaches bring in. Jiggly scrub. Thank you too for being around so much. Uh, thoughts on Jeff Okuda converting to safety? Probably won't have the same speed coming back. Can I take? I want to take a, a pause on that. I'll let you go here, Ash. I'm going to pause answering on that. Give me through the playoffs because I want to see Cam Akers because I think Cam Akers is going to be the canary in the coal mine on this and, 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 and whether he even needs to convert to safety from corner. If, if Cam comes back with speed and power and from July, I'm certain Jeff Okuda will still be playing corner. I, that's just, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. It's the state of the, you know, of, of medicine today. And, and I want to kind of be able to evaluate from there. So I will have that an answer for you soon jiggly ash what do you think i don't think it's a great move for that specific player and his specific skill set uh like the thing with okuda is like zone coverage isn't really his specialty to to be blunt yeah you know you know what i mean like he's 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 not 
awful at it, but it hasn't, at least to this point, been like that's the kind of corner you want to have move over to safety. You know what I mean? He's got the physical skill set where, like, he could if 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 the mental aspect of it is there, and we we just don't know on that regard. But if Aaron Glenn tells me he can play safety, then he can play the safety. Yep. Yeah, that's where I'm at on that. You know what I mean? Like, if 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 those two coaches are our DB coach and our defensive coordinator, tell me that Jeff Okuda should be the free safety, then I'm good. That's all I need to hear. Yep. Because they'll they know. Uh, Brandon, Sony Michelle's getting the bulk of the carries. Yeah, I expected that. Uh, I think yeah. we're just trying to knock the rust off on Cam today. That's why I said let's watch through the playoffs. Um, the playoffs are going to be the real telltale for for what we have with uh, Mr. Even Akers. if he wasn't injured, I'd expect that. You know what I mean? Like that's Sony Michelle's the Williams and Akers is the Swift. You know what I mean? Like he's the that's that's if you were going to use say a Lions analogy to explain the relationship between those two running backs. That's that's what you're looking at. Like Michelle is going to be your in between tackles guy, who like he can also play in the pass, but isn't the specialist, the finesse guy, the Theo Riddicky, but with actual electrical athletic ability. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that that a guy like Akers or Swift is. Yep. Uh, Steve Okuda is a talented player on the roster. His draft position is no longer relevant to his future and his and teams. His his production okay. is absolutely the second someone's drafted, their position doesn't matter anymore. It's a sunk cost. Um, yeah. But it, from a talking point, it, it, it's it's a great yeah. comparison, and you can you can grade GMs and moves and things like that on on what the value was that they got at that position. Did they get enough value for where they picked and all that? But absolutely, uh, the draft piece is a sunk cost, and it's now what can he produce and what does he bring to the the team on the field? But it's something that's always going to be in the back of every GM and coach's head as well. You know what I mean? Like it isn't it isn't just fans who talk about this kind of thing. Like he has basically a guaranteed four year contract. Like they 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 can't really get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they got to figure something out. So when you say it doesn't matter, like, no, it doesn't really matter, but it kind of does. Like he's going to be here. GMs don't like to be sense. wrong. Right. So they, they, that's why they're more yeah. married to their picks than they yeah. are former GMs picks. Yeah. But absolutely. You, you don't want to look, you're one of 32 people, millions of people look at your work all the time. You absolutely want to be right. And you want to prove yourself right. And there's got to be an element of ego involved to be able to take a position like that. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me hit the phone number really quick. Two, four, eight, seven, eight, two, eight, three, eight, four, two, four, eight, seven, eight, two, eight, three, eight, four. If you'd like to join the show, join the party, or you can use Skype and just call us one word, Detroit lions podcast. It's the account Detroit lions podcast. Uh, Don H again, be sure to hit the like button. I almost always forget to do that. Don't be like Don. Hit the like button. <laughs> yeah, please do hit that like button. Appreciate that. Um, Dave Griffiths and uh, Dave, thank you uh, for donating the Colorado ski home. We got that set up for the oh. um, for the um, the auction and got it. He's connected with the, the people. They're getting that all light locked up. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Just really Yep. Hearts up to you, brother. Thanks for that. That's really, really kind. I would have been on that, but the uh, the restrictions on the time. So I was basically like, okay, so uh, for me specifically, <laughs> I will never have time off when I can take this while there's actually snow. <laughs> uh, Dave, I think folks are being a bit too pessimistic on Akuda's future. I I agree. I, I'm I, I don't have enough information. Um, yeah, I'll tell you. Um, I'll have more. I'll have more information in March. I'll, I'll put it that way. Okay. I just wish I would have seen two more games out of him to be able to judge anything on. Because like that, that's the thing. We got such a brief view of the kid this year. 
that you can't say he didn't develop because we don't really know. Yeah. Like he, he made a couple of bad plays, but the rest of the games, he was fine. And he you played on I mean? Patricia, which is, as we saw with Warrior yeah. this year was a real handicap to development. And or Warrior wasn't great for the first eight games of the year either. Right. Yeah. Good point. Like, let's call that what it was. It took a, a half a season to get him to a spot where he was, and then he lit up the world. You know, so there is no reason to think we weren't going to see a similar development pattern for Jeff Okuda when Jeff Okuda has basically a much better pedigree mm-hmm. in terms of what you would expect from him under these coaches. And like literally in, in like the, the bad plays he made, he played perfectly up until the last tenth of a second when he kind of lost where the ball was to the air and then, you know, long touchdown because he sort of fell down. That that's not great, but it happens to every corner. Like I'm sure if we dug through Deion Sanders footage for his entire career, we'd find a couple plays that maybe he'd like back too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just, he made those plays and then he got hurt. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, that's what's fresh in our minds about the kid. Like I'm not throwing him out yet either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just, we didn't get a lot of information this year. Everything he said sounded positive and everything we've seen from every other corner like every single other corner developed a great deal this year. Uh, like, like even Bobby Price, man, like that, that guy was a safety. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we threw him out there as our starting corner. And shockingly, that didn't go super well for a long period of time. You know, like he had, but he had a couple good games. They got him ready to go. Did I, did I happen to mention that if he blew my pants off today? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I know he doesn't like to be sorry. That's effective. his so. game today was the ideal development you wanted to see for that player. Like, that's what we were hoping for out of Amani Oruwarie in the first year. He showed that he was going to be good and then got hurt with that thigh injury. Yep. And it was a bad one, obviously, because he was out for a long time. I thought that was really going to stunt. But how well he came back. Boy, I expect a lot out of him next year. He's shown that he absolutely yep. has the talent. He could be a guy. And. I, I say this with the ultimate of respect for Jeff Okuda, but if things don't go well there, he, yeah. could, he could make us forget about him. There's a backup plan. Yeah. Which is, that is the mark of a good GM is you have, well, hopefully this will happen, but if that doesn't happen, this will happen. And then if that doesn't happen, this will happen. And that's Jerry Jacobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? That's so as far as like, does it matter if Jeff Okuda develops? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. but also having these redundancies built into the plan moving forward gives them the option of potentially moving him to safety. Yep. Like they've shown that they don't have any problem moving guys around. They started Will Harris at outside corner this year. Yep. I will. I <laughs> that will was kind have, of a necessity, but I will have firsthand information about Jeff Okuda's recovery in March. I promise folks that I will have absolute yep. first. I have a meeting. We'll, we'll get that taken care of. So good stuff Fair there. <laughs> um, let's see who else was out there today that uh, uh, Derek Barnes. Wh- wh- yeah. Where's your, let me, well, really quick before we do that, let me hit two, four, eight, seven, eight, two, eight, three, eight, four, two, four, eight, seven, eight, two, eight, three, eight, four. You'd like to join the, the show. We'll get you in there as well. Uh, Chris dust. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get you taken care of. Um, also, I, I want to say Tina and, and Jeffrey uh, hit me up with an uh, email. Use uh, Chris at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Uh, I got something for you. Um, where was I? Oh, shite, I lost my brain. Let's just go to Amazon. At Detroit Lions. Yeah, thank you. Amazon at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Anytime you go to Amazon, do it that way. Throws a little cookie 
takes money out of Bezos' pocket, gives it to us. It's a great way to help the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. Amazon at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Okay, Derek Barnes, I want to get your take on his play. I guess we'll start with today and then this season. He's had flashes yep. both ways. Yep. <laughs> some have been grease fire flashes. Some Even have been today. flashes of brilliance. I think a lot of that has to do with the player he is like, and they're there because of the injury situation, like not having Anzalone at the end of the year and a few other things like not really having anybody at the end of the year who could do a lot of the things they want the linebackers to be able to do. He kind of got put in some bad situations. Like there's no way like on that touchdown today, Derek Barnes should be covering a receiver 30 yards downfield. Uh, that that just if if you can avoid having that was basically the offensive coordinator beat the defensive coordinator on that one. Yeah. That's that's how that happens. So most of the Derek Barnes playing badly plays that I can remember this year are basically the Lions kind of getting out foxed a little bit and putting him into a situation that isn't really his ideal scenario. Like he is not going to be necessarily your weak side linebacker. You know, like like he and and the role that he and J, J, uh, JRM was playing today. Yeah. Reeves Maven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, <laughs> uh, basically, that's an easier one. I'm not sure why I screwed that one up. But anyway. Congrats to Reeves Maven, uh, by the way, for a great season. I, I, I love yeah. what we saw out of him. I just, I just love Oh, yeah. It was, it was. Absolutely. He has to come back. Story. Like, they, they, they I, I don't, like, he is a guy where there was no reason at the beginning of this year to expect him to do what he did. Like every player that the Lions had who anybody in the league thought might be able to step into a bigger role got a nice fat contract somewhere else. <laughs> like Jamal Agnew got $7 million from like the train wreck in Jacksonville. But nonetheless, he got that. Like Kenny Galladay got 18. Jared Davis got seven or eight or something from the Jets. Taylor Decker with more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay this year. Book Ooh. that, ladies and gentlemen. Got the right guy. <laughs> Despite everybody wanting to trade Decker the second we drafted Sewell, like having two good offensive tackles is somehow not a brilliant idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just get rid of all of our good players and draft them for futures and never get good. You know, like let's just trade everything for something that might pay off four years from now. We could we could get but another no. offensive. You could get a, 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 a draft pick. Could be anything. It could be another offensive lineman. Yeah. It could even yeah, be, exactly. Be we could take Neil this year if we if we traded him to the Jets. It, it, like, it could be a, ta- a Taylor Decker. Yes, and then statistically, Neil is probably not going to be as good as Taylor Decker. So let's carry on. <laughs> Maybe just actually try instead of digging holes let's start filling holes i think i think lions fans have to get used to a different team a different outlook like i said like, like yeah. with the quarterback being the whole offense we're gonna have to get away from that it's a team offense now um it, across the it could be a boat you got it um it's Did I actually answer your barnes question no I, I i sent you down the taylor decker path why don't you go back to barnes okay <laughs> uh, fourth round pick what he did this year is what you should ideally expect from a fourth round pick. Like I know we also got Amon Ross A. Brown in the fourth round. So maybe your expectations are a little high on what that should look like, (laughs) but like Barnes, he is good at what he does. When you have him running downhill towards a play, that is exactly what you want to have happening with him. Uh, When you have him running away from the line of scrimmage, things are going poorly. (laughs) If that makes sense. Like it's, it's, he's one of those guys where like, if, if you could put him into the role that say Julian Okwara was playing this year, where he's kind of sometimes coming off the edge, 
kind of maybe dropping into coverage occasionally, but that's kind of a wild card, you know, like, and, and if he's off, off the ball, he's coming, yep. 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 <laughs> you know, like that's, you could like clockwork almost count on that, but occasionally he dropped back just to keep everybody guessing, you know what I mean? Like that's where you would like to see Derek Barnes kind of develop, but Okwara took the spot and did well with it. So you only have so many guys on your 53 man roster. And I think Barnes was kind of playing a little bit different role than you would ideally like him to just based on other people not being healthy. Yep. Let me go to another one. Cause this one came up in the, um, in the, in the chat really quick. I okay. gotta tell you guys, if you want access to the Slack, which is, I'm telling you, we talk about it a lot. It is, especially in the off season, it is the the best place. You want to talk about draft, you want to talk about fun lion stuff. It's the place to be. I don't Great. say anything on here that they haven't heard a thousand times already. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, there's another way besides Patreon. I haven't talked about it, the membership thing with with YouTube. If you join as a member, you get access to the Slack as well. Uh, it's it's absolutely a famous place to hang out, and um, it's you know it's a pretty cool. The membership thing is a pretty neat thing. A, a couple of people asked if we would do that, so I set it up but I, I haven't talked about it much. So you can, you just hit the join down below the, the video and you can get access and we'll get you hooked up in the Slack. And I'm telling you the, the conversation there is great. And it's going to, when you're Jones and in the off season, that is the place to hang out. Okay. I want it really quick. Um, Lazard, that TD catch that I don't think was a catch. I think it hit the ground, it wasn't. but nobody went back. This is, that was when that was right around when I was too angry. Ash, right? Yes. I mean, it was there was that. There's the block in the yeah. back, the 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 hands, the face, the the, well, mu- the, the mug. They automatically review that play. Assault and battery, all the stuff going on in the field, and nobody called anything. But yeah, and it was Dan Miller. I think somebody said in in the Slack chat that like really quickly they came back from the review and said, "Yep, that's good. It stands." That seems really strange because that one was obviously required more of a review because it wasn't a touchdown. Yeah. And from three of the angles they showed, you couldn't see that the ball hit the ground. But then there was one where you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, that's not even in his hand. Like it bounces off the ground back into his hand and then he flips it up in the air immediately. If it touches the ground and he flips it up in the air like that, that's not a touchdown. That's the Calvin Johnson rule. It is exactly the Calvin Johnson rule. And like they've clarified that since then and all that, but it's still, you have to maintain possession of the ball after the ball touches the ground or it's not a catch through the process. So we ended up winning. Who cares? But that was one by 14. Um, Yeah. Technical Jeff, no problem. Don't worry about it. We're here for your your questions. We got senior bowl question. Uh, Do you need an official offensive coordinator to do it? Or could Dan or someone like Ben Johnson be able to step in that role? Um, we, we don't, I actually would expect us to have hired an offensive coordinator ahead of the senior bowl. Um, and it actually might be an interesting way to kind of bring that person into the fold. Right. And, and I mean, you get some live fire exercise, some game time exercise, that kind of thing with, with guys that aren't your team, but you start to work out the process for how you like to work and get those things established. Yep. It's really, I would really expect good. that to be done by the end of next week yeah. to be entirely honest with you. If it's like Dan Campbell hasn't not been thinking about this <laughs> for eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like he has a very small list of people that he would be willing to bring in after learning the lesson of this season. And I, I got to say, those guys are probably going to be chomping at the bit unless they're on playoff teams. I would like, unless our eventual offensive coordinator is on a playoff team, I would expect very rapidly to have that guy in place so that they can gear up 
for the senior bowl. Do you think Sean Payton would yeah. make a good offensive coordinator? I think he'd be great. Let's let's get him. Let's, let's see if we steal him. <laughs> uh, honestly, a name that I know a lot of people are going to hate, but it wouldn't shock me if it ended up going that route is Jason Garrett. Like I, exactly, exactly. That's that's one hundred percent. That is. But the question I have to ask is, given what we've seen from Joe Judge since Jason Garrett got fired, do you really think that that was his fault? That's the thing. Like, did you see that gift today on Twitter? Yeah. Where they're running like a wing tee on third and nine to get one yard so that they can punt. And that guy gets to keep a job. But you're telling me that Jason Garrett was the problem. Well, they, like that's, that's the one thing on this. And the reason I say that is because Jason Garrett worked under Sean Payton a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in terms of coaching trees and connections, and like these guys were both on the Cowboys, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. They're like, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not predicting it. I think I'm the, just saying it's a name where if it happens, don't be crazy shocked. And it's probably not the worst thing because he's run a very good offense for a very long time in a different place that wasn't under Joe Judge. I think that um, that wing T move by the Giants was just to position the ball in the field. So they had a, a better shot at the punt. Um, yeah. <laughs> They're like and left and right, you, you, know, you know how you that's, do it for us. You want to line up yep. the field goal, right? That's what they're doing for the punter. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Joe Judge is what everybody said Dan Campbell was. All of the people who didn't actually pay attention who said this is Neanderthal, yada yada yada, like that. That actually is Joe Judge. Yeah, I am. You know, you, 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 I am interested in the Garrett thing. I'm not on board. I'm not as well, negative <laughs> reacting as I, as I think I would. It this depends. Uh, yeah. I think, I think maybe it depends on what his role is. And I think maybe we're going to see sort of a hybridish role out of the offensive coordinator this year. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not your traditional OC. I could be wrong, right? I could be wrong. Maybe Dan doesn't yes. want it, but Dan, he's got a taste for it now, I think. <laughs> and he, yeah. he's proven to be quite successful. Also, I think him talking and being in Jared Goff's ear has been very, very helpful for Jared Goff. And 100%. I, I think that's something that they may want to continue. So what does that leave? That leaves, you know, building out playbooks that, you know, there's a lot of work that goes to an offensive coordinator besides just calling plays in game. So I, and I don't think Jason Garrett would take that job to, to be perfectly blunt. Like Garrett is the guy I could see if Dan Campbell was like, I need to go back to just being the head coach of this team and delegating offense and defensive responsibilities to a different person. I would disagree. We don't have the in-house guy to do that with, to be frank. I think Garrett takes a job. He was just fired. He was fired as a coach. He's fired offensive coordinator. He needs a little bit of a rebuild on his, on his, uh, his career and his capabilities and to come to Detroit. What better place, right? Then with Dan and the rest of the crew that they've got in the coaching yep. staff here, that's the place where you can rehabilitate your career. And you know they, that's what they want to do here. They want to build guys to get them to that next job, right? Yeah. And that really makes you a great place to land. So I'm, I'm not on board, but I, I can see how it would how it would play and how it could come together. It's the only downside I see of the way things played out with Lynn. And I'm not questioning the way things played out with Lynn. I want to clarify that hundred percent because like I've been screaming since week two, uh, that the play design and play calling were awful. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, what I mean? Like, so, so I agree with firing him. I just think it, 
it might actually make it more difficult to attract that kind of offensive coordinator again when the one you just hired kind of got his knees cut out from underneath him as a way of looking at that. Like, I don't really think that's what happened. And I think he 100% deserved the outcome that we're getting here. You know, like yep. it just didn't work out and he didn't do what he definitely didn't do what I wanted him to do. Um, really quick. <laughs> you know? um, we got K sports live. They're promoting Ben Johnson. OC. he's the only guy internally that they would promote. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, yeah, I'm, Brunel I'm, might do it in five years, but not now. Yeah. I'm not averse to it. Um, I'm interested nope. to see what happens. Um, I have a feeling that, that Campbell's involved more in play calling at that point. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Benjamin, you know, that's what the, the move if Campbell wants to call the place. Yeah. Uh, Detroit Lions podcast. Benjamin says, you know, the first year, the first group to believe in Jerry Jacobs was this podcast. Uh, there is spotted Jerry right away. You guys do a great job. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Ben. Just really one point of clarification. I actually pointed Jerry out to Riz. Just, just, I want my credit yep. when I get it right. Hundred <laughs> percent. I actually remember the Slack chat that day where you were like, "There's this guy." <laughs> like, and like, does anybody know anything about this guy? Because he's amazing. And I'm like, I've never heard that name ever. He is. I mean, Jerry. I, I, it was. I, I. I could. You could tell, right? I mean, you just. You just. His story. Yeah. Everything else. What we'll put together. Some guys call. But the thing. The thing about. Um, about Jerry that was um to me it was weird I don't know how to put it the guy is absolutely jacked he's like almost like a linebacker kind of jacked yep. right I mean the dude has a body that's just like freaking rock hard and you know when I grew up right that big v-shaped body right the big shoulders yep. thin waist right that powerful that's what it was but nobody did yoga nobody could stretch and move yeah and and, and i still get that in my head sometimes and for, forget about how athletic and flexible these guys are and i see jerry and i'm like i just don't I, I, how does a guy like that get his hips turned right how does a guy yes. like that yeah and i saw him and it was like holy shit <laughs> yeah. this guy is a power corner right i mean that's that's what i yeah. saw when i saw jerry and he was out there nose down busting it from minute one from minute yeah. one man and um he he had agreed to be on the show for our second interview with him he agreed to come on and then the night of the show he's like man i can't i'm sorry i'd love to but i gotta get in the playbook for the for the preseason game i'm, I'm i gotta learn something new they got me doing something new i'm like all right man go for it brother go you know do your thing it, it was disappointing right but yeah. I'm not like, hey, come on, screw your job, get on my podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. get it, right? So, so he did, it, but his commitment is just, just un, unflappable. He, he is a hundred percent committed, and I, I just tell you, a guy like that who can really soar for a, for a rookie cornerback to play like he did this year, much less undrafted. Right. Yeah, he's got a bond with this this team, this coaching staff. He's staying in Detroit in the offseason. He's not flying back home. He's not going. He's he's staying. He's making it his place. He's a guy. That's the right call for him. Yeah. He's a guy yeah. that you're going to see grow and become something. And and he's going to buy into the team, like with his heart. You know what I mean? Yep. For I want a long-term contract. I want to be in Detroit. Detroit's my team. They believed in me. I believe in them. Yep. He is a faithful person. He is a, a a human being that will, you know, they, they were there for me. I will be for them till the end. That's, that's the kind of guy he is. Love yep. that kind of, he's, he's just, just an amazing dude. He really, really is. So he's awesome. Love, love me some Jerry. <laughs> that's the kind of guy that Dan Campbell's going to be attracted to. 
in terms of players. You know what I mean? Like those are the guys that Dick Campbell will be banging his shoe on the table for in the draft room. If it ever comes that way, like it doesn't seem like that's the kind of draft room we have particularly, (laughs) but like for the guys that like, they're just going to know beforehand what guy Stan Campbell wants because he's not going to be shy about going like, that's why I'm so excited about him going to the senior bowl is because he's going to have that firsthand knowledge with the guy. But even he has, has said like, okay, you got to pull back from that and kind of take it into context with all the guys that you didn't get to do that with and, and, and not let it overpower everything. But if a guy's a turd, he's going to know that guy's a turd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's, you will not hit those landmines yeah. and, Man, the Lions have hit a lot of those landmines yeah. over the years. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna know, and and uh, you know the terms, whatever, a um, little bit played, but you're gonna know if he's a kneecap biter. Yeah, you're gonna know yeah. if he's that kind of guy, and yeah. you're gonna know if you can get it out of him too. That's the other thing, because it's yeah. one of those things. These guys are all having, uh, they're having, they're they're literally on a job interview. There, I mean, they go through. Yeah. Um, the 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 physical evaluations they go through interviews with the with the teams they go through the uh, the testing and so on yeah. um, all the different all kinds yeah. of different you know intelligence tests and all kinds of stuff they are truly on a job interview so they are going to be on their best behavior if you find people that aren't you already know oh, landmine right yeah. you, you, I've identified a turd well you know done That's it. yep and the only part we get to see is the on field part and in a lot of ways that's the least important part. You know what I mean? It's it's only if somebody gives you something you didn't expect to see, like they underperform or they come out and crazy overperform, that that on the field part really has a huge, huge part of what's going on. Yeah. I see someone in the chat is saying something amusing. Would we like to get to that? No, 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 that's okay. That's okay. It was, no. it was, <laughs> Benjamin, it was a ha, <laughs> F you, Riz. It wasn't an F you to Riz. It wasn't. It wasn't. It's just, uh, I, I want to get my credit where it's due. I've been working hard on my scouting <laughs> and, and I did go to the school Riz. I mean, I, I completely was under yep. his wing the first year at the senior bowl. I've continued to study and grow and work on my, you know, my abilities there. But look, when you, when you get one, you want it, you want to own it, right? You want to get yep. credit for it. <laughs> I keep talking about how much I love St. Brown in the pre draft yep. process because yep. like when a blind squirrel finds a nut like that, I'm just going to like, bite onto it and I'm going to hold that until he's not a lion anymore. <laughs> Ooh, um, uh, Benjamin's back. Yeah. You know what goes good with an offensive coordinator? Or at least offensive coordinator pain, CBD, CBD, not Detroit Lions podcast.com. He knows what's up. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Ash. I, I, I can never give up an opportunity to show. Uh, let me switch out my FTP cake, little Jordan love, and then go ahead, Ash. I'll, I'll give you back the. All right. Uh, also, just uh, as a you know, blatant self-promotion for the podcast, uh, I got the luggage and that thing is awesome. Isn't it? Like even like the, the I, I like the picture on the front. You know what I mean? That's always been one of my favorite graphics that we had. Yeah. Uh, but I opened it up and I'm like, there's multiple flaps in this thing. Like I can actually organize things so that when I'm unpacking at the hotel room, I'm going to, it's just basically open drawer, flip thing, put stuff in, open other drawer, flip thing, put stuff in, you know, like it just, it's, it's an incredibly well-designed product. And I guarantee no one has ever heard me say anything like that. I tell Chris all the time, I don't like the shirts he was using up until recently. Yeah, the new, so. ones, the new ones definitely better. It's this one, the one yeah. that doesn't have the background on the headphone. That's the new shirt. The yeah. soft one. I, I got to get the other ones changed over, but nice. that, uh, yeah, the four wheel 
on the on the bottom the rolly wheels oh, yeah. and the thing i mean that they're thing solid is, casters man yeah, yeah. It's, like, it sounds like a commercial but I'm, i was just really excited when i got it i was like hey this thing's not a piece of garbage it's awesome it is killer luggage <laughs> I'm, I, i've got mine I, i'd bring it but i got it full of stuff like it's got like 50 pounds of stuff and I'm, I'm getting all prepped for senior bowl of the pack and what I, I like set up the whole thing. I did a private stream last night to test all the equipment, all that, getting everything ready, but it's, it's top. I mean, it's, it's way more worth way more than they charge for. I'm really, really yep. impressed. Absolutely. It's good. Stuff. I got mine the day after I got back from a trip where I was using a backpack as my carry on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was super unhappy about that when I saw it, I was like, Oh, oh this would be great. I have always used a backpack and I've, I've, I've tossed it. I'm like, okay, this is where my laptop's going to go. This is where my, my other stuff's going to go totally. And it's carry on. It's, it's carry on size for any plane it's perfect and hard-sided i mean it's just so much better than hauling that backpack i think i've twisted my spine all the travel i've been doing uh i wish i had that when i went to india really because i i carried so much stuff on my back on that trip i was like in 36 hours of flight time and everything else it was just it was misery man i I wish i had that (laughs) all right that being said let's see what else we have in the chat do we have something else we want to talk about with uh, with the game? We had Barnes. We talked about Reeves Mabin. We touched on him a little bit. Love this guy. Absolutely want him back. He, you talk about, yeah. again, squandering talent in the previous regime, right? Yep. I mean, well, he's the poster child for, for how badly they handled everything. Like, they had no use for this player. But they held him hostage so that he, he would suck up a roster spot that could have gone to a person like Jerry who could play special teams and also play defense. Like, cause I'm not even going to dog them for not using them on defense because when they put him in, in that defensive scheme, he was terrible Yeah, because he was just had no job in that. He was like literally between what they wanted a safety to do and what they wanted a linebacker to do and just not athletic enough to be the safety and just not big enough to do what the linebacker was supposed to do. And yes, that is a problem if a coach can't use a player like Jalen Reeves, Maven, yeah. but they knew that. And that's why he wasn't playing. You know what I mean? But then, like, let the guy go and bring someone in who can bring what he brings, but also maybe grow into a defensive player for you. <laughs> you know, and that's 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 what was wrong is is they had a guy in a roster spot where who was doing a 15 percent of snaps job instead of a guy and it was never going to do more than that. And they had like five of those guys on the roster every year. Ten percent of your roster was worthless, basically yeah. like that. That's. Signing free agents just to play special teams is something I hope we see never happening. Ash, you nailed it when you were talking about it with the team consistently downgrading positions. And oh, that, God. That's, yeah. That's one of my that, many offseason talking points from last year, which you will again be able to see on DetroitLionsPodcast.com as I produce a series of articles in the written form and possibly also some video content in the off season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last year's highlights were what Chris is talking about right now. Uh, also the eight players who absolutely need to be cut, who were then cut shortly later, except for one they renegotiated to a lower contract, which I also said was a reasonable thing to do with that person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want to read some interesting things, just check out DetroitLionsPodcast.com every once in a while. All the articles also go up on the uh, podcast Twitter feed. Yep. Uh, don't bother following my own personal Twitter feed, uh, frankly. Like, it just is nothing except those articles and me sometimes complaining about, you know, being a teacher. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's but the student's yeah. fault. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Um, We're going to be putting some stuff out. Yeah. That's yeah, all I'm saying. We've got a lot. The, the videos this year, Ash has got great. I mean, I love his YouTube vlogs. We'll have a lot of that coming out. Him and Riz. And um, if, if you think you get the 
what it takes. You want to uh, put some stuff together, get in touch with me. I'm, I consider adding a couple folks to the, the thing I like is intelligent voices. And I, they, I don't want people that, that get in line, you, you know, with Ash, Sandman, Riz, Tony, myself, all the folks that do this show, we are our own people. We are not a click. We're not some, you know, e-club or whatever. We are people with our own voices. And, and, and I want everybody to have their voice because I think that variety and that um, the, 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 the diversity of thought from everybody is important. That's, I think, where you get you know, the, the best kind of opportunity to get the, the best information and kind of make your own assessments, right? You know, any kind of article that ever says, and here's what you should think about it, or here's why you should be X, that's never, <laughs> no one should ever tell you why or how you should feel, right? I, my whole thing is to have smart people come around, join us, talk, and then let you draw your own conclusions from that. So, you know, that's, that's kind For of, example, we are different. Uh, I'm going to say something right now that I think would probably make Jeff have a conniption. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be surprised if the Lions use one of their first three picks on a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't even be a little bit surprised if that happens like that. And I think that's a good thing. Whereas, <laughs> <laughs> so when we're saying we don't all say the same things and believe the same stuff, uh, if Jeff was listening right now, he would have probably just thrown something at whatever thing was sure. making noise, making me say that. I'm going to make sure he sees that. I think maybe yeah. we could get like the, the vlog version of a rap battle going where you guys do videos. <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I'll, I'll go. And that's one vlog I'm going to put out is why I think it's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just because I, I think I have a little bit different perspective on it than a lot of the voices I'm hearing out there are basically just saying like linebackers don't matter, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hold on. They, they, <laughs> they do on this team. They do on this team. They do. If it's what you don't have. Yeah. Is, is a lot of my, my stance on a lot of things. Like don't take a first round running back unless all you need is a running back. And if all you need is a running back, I can throw all kinds of stats at you that show people jumping 10, 15, 20 spots in the rushing rankings the year after they spent a first round pick on a running back. So if that is the thing you need, that is how you fill that hole. Yes, you can pull a running back out of the seventh round and many teams have, but for every one of those, there are 15 more who did exactly what you expect a seventh round draft pick to do and we're out of the league in three years. Yep. Yep. I, I hate the idea of a running back in the first round. And not, and not just for our oh, team, just yeah. the whole idea of it in general, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I'm not saying this team needs to draft first round running back. That's what you Let's said. Not, uh, You're on the record now. Absolutely not. <laughs> we had always this team doesn't need to draft a running back at all this year. <laughs> <laughs> just get in the chat, Benjamin. Oh, come on. We had all we wanted in July, Jelani Tavai. <laughs> That's so Jelani. Oh, man. Good stuff. All right. You had to bring that one up, didn't you? Yeah. The guy. The, the day I knew that I was done as a Detroit Lions writer getting paid to write about the Lions is the day they drafted Jelani Tavai. I was like, I'm out. I can't do this. Here's an exit strategy. How do I get out of doing this? I just took a job where they're now paying me like a reasonable amount of money to, to write this content. And I can't say anything good about the person running this team anymore because they just took a person I was considering for an article I wrote about what my worst case scenario for day three draft picks would be. And they took him in a second freaking round. 
<laughs> Thanks, Bob. Bob was not yeah. good in, in the second round. Um, no, round two was not kind to, uh, at least not while he was involved with the team in any way, shape, or form. What a wacky week. Fine right now. Token Jays podcast. Uh, Dolphins are beating the Pats right now. Jacksonville getting that win is crazy. What are the Lions, of course, FTP, F in the TPs. Um, really quick, I, I, I do want to hit the DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store, our merch store. This shirt, it's the first one. I'm telling you, it's sweet. It's uh, really soft material. Cool shirt. It's the first one. It looks weird. I mean, you can see the color here. Uh, the picture I'm, I'm seeing on the site, it looks like a little bit washed out the blue, but it's not. It's this blue that I'm wearing right here. Um, it's this jersey material. It is awesome. I'm telling you, it's great. We also have a great We Almost Always Almost Win shirt, uh, some MCDC, <laughs> and of course, the ever popular FTP shirt uh, going over. And we got some retro Detroit Bobo Island. We got Pine Knob shirts. Uh, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store, and uh, there's all kinds of great stuff. Men's t-shirts and then retro shirts are two different areas that we can go find cool stuff. Which is also where you would get that suitcase. Yes, <laughs> that's under miscellaneous. And there's some can koozies for big and slimmies. Yep. Let me get in focus. Here. Um, and what else? Can koozies. But not this mug. Not that mug, no. <laughs> I mean, you can probably cut your way into it. But uh, there you go. Good stuff yep. over there. DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. All right. Um, anybody else we need to talk? Oh, let's talk about the coaching situation. Just kind of a quick preview looking at that. Um, yep. Of course, Anthony Lynn. Um, what is the Rappaport that broke it today or Schefter? I forget which one broke it. Um, I think it was Rappaport. Yeah. That, but I'm not sure because like it was broken so long ago that when a tweet came out about it today, I was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, no. Shocking. <laughs> Yep. So um, yeah, uh, Anthony Little be gone. I is there are there any other spots on the field where you feel like maybe they kind of underperformed? Mm. I guess that's the big question, right? Like like because that the, the entire design of the offense is the only flaw I saw on the offense this yeah. year. Other than like, because how do you judge the wide receivers coach? Right, right. He, well, honestly, like that he didn't make Trinity Benson an All Pro, like. Yeah, no. Or Kaderil Hodge didn't step up and have an 80 catch year. I watched. like when he had players who were good, they did well. Terrell Williams, the pretty good first half of a game. Yeah. <laughs> Quintus um, Cephas then stepped up for the first four games and, and developed the way you wanted that guy to develop. Then he gets Josh Reynolds and Reynolds is fine. You know, here's, like so here's, here's where I'd, I'd I'd evaluate Antoine Randall L. Um because he hasn't had the talent. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But watching him in training camp, that's how we found Hank Fraley Um, watching him at senior bowl. That's when he hit my radar. I was like, holy crap, this guy is a teacher. Right. I mean, I mean, you could just tell instantaneously watching him. It's and and I've been high on him ever since Uh, Antoine Randall. I watched him in training camp with the wide receivers and, and the work he put them through and how he did it. I like him a lot. I really, really okay, do like him as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's a great fit. Interesting, he's he's been pretty quiet as far as the the press junkets and and, and getting in front yeah. of the on the podium and all that kind of stuff. But I really, really agree what I, or I really, really like what I see from Anton Randall. L. Um, Aaron Glenn is a risk, right? Uh, yep. That somebody might poach him. I don't think he's going to go this year because it's still a three no. team team. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's- that's it. And Teams this bad don't lose coaches. I think every one of Unless these they guys, want to go. Yeah. But I think every one of these guys knows one more year here 
is going to equal an even bigger turnaround, which equals yeah. an even bigger paycheck and a bigger landing spot for them. I think they want to see this through. And I think also there's a little bit about of personal to it. There's a little bit of buy-in yeah. from these guys because look, the team believed in them in these roles. A lot of these yeah. guys stepped up into the roles they're in right Almost now. Almost all of them. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And the team invested in them and believed in them. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot like Jerry. That's a very much a lot of the personality of this team in that. There's a, a connectedness, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, it's um, it's it's the, this faith in this this return of the faith uh, that they had. Right. It's 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 just God, I'm supposed to be talking for, for a show and I can't think of the word I need. Oh, well, <laughs> but there's like a, when there, I bring up a prospect and then I can't remember his name three seconds after I've spoken <laughs> about him. A mutual attraction <laughs> of some sort. Right. Where um, not a scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But these guys are in it and they're in to prove something and they believe yeah. in what they're doing. Um I, I think I think that we're gonna keep this group together. I really do. If if we don't, I'll, I'll, I will be a little bummed. I, I, I have to admit, yeah. I will be a bummed. But I think that this is a this is a group that wants to be here for at least for another year. And um, I think you get that that talent in there. You know, Jimmy Johnson said it. I think everybody. That's the one thing everyone's. We t- we talked about the the. I mean, Greg Olson today was great. We got to talk about him. Uh, but yeah. we talk about the broken down car graphic that they used for four years on ESPN. Right? It's like, come on, we got. Yeah. I got so mad about that. In retrospect, it was they didn't have to change it. It was still true. It was still yep. real every year, and that's probably why I was that's so, why so frustrated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they couldn't use it this year, and and it's funny. You listen to Bradshaw, you listen to Jimmy Johnson, you listen to Strahan, you listen to all these guys talking about the Lions, and they see it. They see a yep. different team, a team that they know is heading in a different direction. I really think. I mean, this is this is this the, the future is really bright for this team. And I think everybody sees it. So um, I, I'm because all those guys have been on that team, that, that to win team. You know what I mean? Like they, they know what that feels like and what everybody's mood is usually like yep. on the sideline. As you come to the end of that season, when three quarters of the team are free agents and half of those guys aren't even going to get an offer from the team. You know what I mean? That's yep. it. But then this wasn't that. Because, you like, had, realistically, when you look at this, like, how many guys do you want to just get rid of without even bringing into camp? You had a, a two-win team come into the last game of the season and beat the snot, really, out of yep. the number one seed in the NFC. When have you ever seen a team of players still invested that much and coaches in, in, in the team with a record like that in the last game of the season, every other Lions team. I mean, you think about it last year, even with Bevel, right? Oh, we got to play for Bevel. Yep. They limped out of that last game, right? Yeah. I mean, they 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 just kind of like, okay, it's over, right? Everybody he held the team together for two or three games. You saw yep. the crowd there today, right? It wasn't full. It wasn't full, no. but it was hopping. Ford yep. Field was hopping. There was there was there was good fans there. The the, the Packers who always show well at Ford Field yeah. when we play them didn't overwhelm, right? The, the nope. takeover like the Jets did that one time, right? That was. That was a really good crowd there that had a great time. Loved it. Loved it. And uh, I just now, Greg Olson, I got to say how refreshing to have an announcer who didn't do his research on Wikipedia, who actually talked to the players, talked to the coaches and actually knew what he was talking about when he talked about the team. This was, I think, the best announcing crew we've had all 
freaking season. Greg Olson, hat off to you, man. Great, great job out there. Great job today. I was, I was enthralled with the broadcast. Every time I've ever seen him do a game was, was exactly like this. You know what I mean? Where he's making observations that are actually insightful from a player's perspective, not making reference to the nineties when he played for a team that was carrying him to Super Bowl victories on their shoulders because they were so amazing. Terrell Johnson. Uh, (laughs) I got to stop really quick. Thomas, Thomas Donner in the chat. Dude, our backups beat their backups. No, no, not in the first half. We beat Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Half they did. Yeah, in the second half, but we we played our backups in the first half because our our, fir, our our first string guys are all hurt. We beat their number ones in the first half. If if it was if half a game is is all you play, we beat their number ones. They took them off the field and they were losing. That's that's the story there. We beat the Packers today, straight up, and that was that was and and on a team that on the last game of, the, of a two win season at that point that didn't give up. There's a lot of heart there. That means a lot. I'm telling you, if this team walked out like they did the last game of every other season with Matt Patricia and, and kind of just phoned it in, that tells you all you need to know. They didn't do that. They never phoned it in this year with this coaching staff the and these players. Sorry. The least surprising outcome would have been being down by four scores at halftime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's no re- like. And that was the Packers. Packers game to plan. say, well, they're professionals. They're they're making a hundred thousand dollars today. Of course, they should come out and give their biggest effort. But they get that money whether they do or not. Yeah, that's that's never a motivator for anybody. And, and honestly, I'll tell you this for the Packers: this is bad news because yep. their game plan was to come in, be up four four touchdowns, pack it yep. in for the guys. Let Jordan Love hold on. Let me get my Jordan Love graphic up from his draft position. Um, <laughs> the the put Jordan Love in and then coast to the end, right? That that was their game plan. And the Lions yep. did not let them do that. The Lions changed the, everything. Now, if you are Aaron Rodgers and you just did that against the Lions and now you have a week off, your head's starting to roll a little bit. You're starting to think yeah. about it. Right. This is not what they wanted going and coming out of this game. This is not what they wanted out of the first half of that with those guys. That was was something I do agree with you, Thomas, about Olsen having fun. He really did seem to have a great time. He enjoyed yeah. like the, the, the trick plays or whatever. He enjoyed him as much as I, I mean, I laugh. I, I, I bust into laughter every time yes. that we do one of those things. I mean, I laugh like crazy. And, and, and Olsen was right there with me. We were both just yep. cracking up together, right? It was great. He was oh, awesome. He was what awesome. was this? Uh, there, there's a quote from him. I, I think it was, he said, it's like watching my nine-year-old play Madden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, like, why not? It worked. Yeah. Like that. that's how everything is always judged. You know what I mean? Like, it's the whole thing of the playbook, yep. right? I mean, it, again, we're doing things a little bit differently in Detroit, differently than we have. And differently than the rest of the NFL. I like innovation. I like, you know, Sean McVay's offense works. Why? Because it's different. It was different. It came out differently. The same thing happened with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. It was different what he was doing. Right. San Francisco in the uh, in the um, in the coaches, Michigan, Jim. Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Thank you. In uh, in the Jim Harbaugh, it was dude, the yeah. RPO was something different. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Same thing with the RG three offense, with Baltimore's offense, with all of these offenses. Sperano, when he was running the offense in Miami, and brought out the Wildcat. 
And then the whole league suddenly started doing that. Like we, we might be seeing the beginning of some really exciting football. Yes. If the Lions start winning games. And this is the thing that I like. <laughs> so here's the absolute juxtaposition that we have with MCDC versus Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia was trying to build the 1986 uh, Giants, right? He was going yeah. back in time. We're not, we're innovating. We're some, doing something different and we're going to be at yeah. the forefront of something. This whole idea, like, and, and this is the only way I can describe it because we talked about it earlier, right? The Bengals in the, in the 80s were all gadget plays, right? Yes. We're not, we just include them in the normal play calls. We have those. Yeah, it's, not it's just part of our playbook and we run our playbook. We open the whole thing and we look at it and say, this is the best play right now. And that's it. The analytics tell you, go, this is Danalytics, Campbellytics, right? Dantelical yeah. analytic, Campbellytics, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. This, this is a different way of looking at the game and looking at your play calling. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh. I like, cause they're still surprised. They're still surprised yeah. every time we do it. It's crazy. Well, that, uh, the, the first one, uh, like to Raymond, like he like was the running back, Like that was the running back doing the go route down the sideline to catch that ball. Like, and, and that's, that's genius, frankly, like Can to fake the handoff to that guy and then very obviously give it to somebody else in a way that everybody can see and then he like goes out like he's going to try to block a guy and whiffs on it and just keeps running. <laughs> you know, like it's the way they set that up actually does really remind me of a lot of the more interesting things Sean Payton does because he'll do things like run a trap block on a passing play on play action. Mm -hmm. So like your guard is literally sprinting all the way over here to get to his pass blocking responsibility that other coaches just don't do. Right. You know what I mean? And, and then, that's like shades of that today from, from Dan Campbell. Like you can tell that he was paying attention the whole time he was in that building. Yep. He, he wasn't just coaching the tight ends, Yep. you know, yep. because tight ends frankly don't do anything that interesting. You know, like <laughs> it's perfect spot to also have other responsibilities. Frankly, do you think Brock Wright is brown nose and wearing 89? I think that's I, exactly. I'm thinking it's probably just that that was a number that nobody else wanted, like just based on his status with the team. At the I'm, gonna beginning. Take, I'm gonna take coaches off that jersey, <laughs> and then like maybe like two people ordered one, so they printed five off, and they were like, "Well, if you want to change numbers, Brock, you have to buy these five jerseys." I'm not that. No. Uh, in the chat, I see where was it? Um, uh oh, Stafford interception on a 50-50 ball. Stafford meltdown. Technical Jeff. I see the Niners and the Rams. The Niners got the ball and it's tied 17 all with 11 seconds left in the third. Oh, yeah, I do want the draft pick. I, I said earlier, I didn't care so much, but yeah, but it'd be nice. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, there's a certain part of the, like, like Eve in a breakup, even if it is mutual and, and you see the, the reason that the other person broke up with you, you still want their next relationship to be a flaming pile of garbage that makes you look like maybe at least you weren't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like, so, like maybe that was actually fine. Here's, here's the, horrible, here's, here's bad Chris, right? I love yep. Matthew Stafford. I told, I, I will say that to the end. I think he's yeah. a really wonderful human being. I like him a lot, but, but I, he broke I, up with me. I kind of like the idea of him never winning a playoff game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, 
kind of like it. I mean, if he ne- if he goes to that team, it just makes me feel a little better about what I had. You know what I mean? Just at the very bit. least, like maybe maybe they can win one. You know what I mean? Like win one, but then lose out in the divisional so that they don't go as far as Jared Goff took them last year. I would also be okay with that level of poetic justice. I either want him to like, lose with or you. win it all. I want him to lose like, and win it all. I would love it because I like Matthew Stafford, right? So yeah. I want him to lose and never, because here's the deal, right? If he doesn't, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, right? If they went, like yeah. they go out in the first round, holy cow. Next year, I'm not sure about Matthew Stafford. The injuries, everything else. Yeah. I'm not certain how he's going to be in it. And he hasn't signed. Like, do you believe he's healthy right now? No, I don't No, There's no way. I know he's not. I, no. He used to play for us. Right? Yep. I, but I exactly. think he's, he hasn't signed an extension on any contract. That's the thing. And he won't. I, I genuinely do not believe he will. I think he is done after next year. So this, this year is pretty, pretty, pretty important yep. for Matthew Stafford and, uh, and the Rams. This is really, and, and look, what if he retires after this year? Like he, he, he says, look, I can't play through the pain anymore. It's just too much. Right. I don't think he will, but just put that. No. You want to talk about winning a trade. Right? Yep. <laughs> Holy cannolis. Right. Oh man. So, okay. We're 17 all day. It's fourth and seven. San Francisco is the ball. They're at the punt. It looks like end of the third quarter. So Shoot. good luck to whoever needs the luck the most. We will call this. I think the end of the show, uh, Ash, it's been an honor serving with you this year. I appreciate you coming on doing these post games, man. It's been a lot of fun. I love your insight. I love your take. And I can't wait to see all the stuff we do this offseason because it's it's going to be great, man. This is going to be yep. great. 100%. Crazy. Anytime Riz cancels, shoot me a text. You got it. You got it, man. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, okay, let's see. We got uh, remember, don't forget about some Patreon and, and you can use the membership thing too. Don't forget, uh, join down yep. below and you get access to the Slack as well. And I'm telling you, the Slack is the place to be. Hit the like button, please, if you don't mind. And if you care about the offseason and you want to see senior bowl action, hit subscribe and the bell because we will be going live unscheduled all day throughout the senior bowl. And you're going to want to get that stuff. I'm telling you, it's going to be lions interviews. It's going to, you know, lion staff interviews, player interviews. Uh, we're going to have some of the experts in the field. We had, you know, uh, zebra technologies there last time with some really great stuff. Um, Mark Schofield is there. I mean, we're going to have all kinds of people. It's going to be nonstop, but just completely unscheduled. So hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. So, you know, when we're going live, you'll love it. In the meantime, either join, use the membership or go to patreoncom slash Detroit lions podcast. And, uh, sign up there and we will get you into the slack uh thank you don really appreciate that what a great way to finish the season ftp we've got a cake to celebrate uh what else we got here um that's better now uh let's make sure to follow us on twitter det lions podcast det lions podcast and mr tweetson at mr tweetson you'll find ash uh Give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. We'll get your messages. We'll put them on the air. We love those messages. Also, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can pop off in your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Thank you for spending the season with us. Thank you all for the super chats, for the, the great chat and hanging out with us. we got a lot coming here in the offseason. We're not stopping. It's just we won't have the post-game post show. That's all. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time with the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, and nothing but the best hosts because we're not a click. We're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection.
final seconds winding down. And look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.